WBSM presents Spooky South Ghost with your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Science advisor Matt Moniz, who is normally sitting to my left, is out in the field. And why, Matt Costa? Why is he out there tonight? Because it's our big show tonight. Also because he didn't shower today. So we told him that... Does he have you know, <laughs> We told him he had to go out into the field. And it ain't Sunday. <laughs> it ain't Sunday. Oh, wait, it is. So, uh, yes, it is the big Bridgewater Triangle investigation show. And uh, we have probably... Upwards of uh, 350 people out in the field tonight. All right, that might be a little bit much, but uh, there's quite a bit. And Jeff Belanger is here in the studio with us. You know him from Ghost Village and his many books and, of course, 30-odd minutes. Thanks, guys. Good to be back with you. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been. You know, the door is always open. Well, I know. I've not literally. You guys. I know, I know, and, and I don't have a key, but I appreciate you guys having me in and being a part of this. Holy cow, there's a lot of people here. I'm just uh, one more schmuck in the mix, I guess. Well, but a lot of these people will tell you that they wouldn't, be out in the field looking for this stuff if they hadn't read about it in, in many of your books, like Weird Massachusetts and Chris Balzano's books. And, folks, Chris Balzano's actually going to be joining us, hopefully. I spoke to him on the road. He's en route, and uh, we'll probably hear pretty soon. You know you know who's jealous? Ron Kolick. Oh, Ron. Yeah. We love you. Come on down, Ron. Feel yeah, we- I told him, come on in. Yeah, no, this is going to be big. This is going to be a really big show. Really and, big. You know, we do this every year, and... and it never seems to get old. I mean, every time we send people out there, I'm excited for what they're going to find. I'm more excited for what they're going to get to experience just getting out there and checking out some of these sites. Right. I mean, there's there's ticks, there's bugs, there's all kinds of uh, creepy crawly things. And, Coyotes. Uh, and we're stuck in here in this air-conditioned studio. Uh, and the leather seats, I mean, you know, it's it's pretty rough in here, too. Yeah, yeah. This is It's not the... Uh it's not the uh, Freetown State Forest in here, but we'll no. make do. Yeah, we'll be okay. No, but seriously, all the stories that you've heard over the years, people talk about this stuff. Of course, they've been in the books, but people continue to have experiences. Otherwise, we wouldn't keep talking about them. And th- these locations draw us out there, man, big time. And not only that, but it seems like the more these groups get out there and, and investigate these sites, the more different types of activity are being documented. I mean, we, we'll hear ghost reports from one spot, and then people will go out there to check that out, and all of a sudden they'll have a UFO sighting. Yeah, right on. We got the phone. Phones are lighting up already. Lighting up, so. well, why don't we take this call and see if it's one of our investigators? Because our plan is to actually uh, go through and call each investigator kind of in order to start off. You know, We'll kind of do a little geographic sweep just to get a feel of what's going on out in these many spots within the Bridgewater Triangle, Freetown State Forest, along the south coast here. There's so many different places. And we'll talk about the triangle and how it's ever-expanding. And uh, so we're going to go through and we're going to talk to each of these groups, kind of get a little scene setting from what's going on out there. And then, of course, that will open the floodgates for all this activity to start happening, and they can call us in whenever anything's going on. So let's go to the phones here. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you doing? Yeah, hi. How are you doing today? We are spooktacular. That is great. Hey, you know, I'm actually uh, getting ready to do uh, an investigation at the Holly Hotel in uh, Holly, Michigan here. 
And, uh, you know, I'm one of your dedicated online listeners. And uh, actually, I talked with Jeff actually a couple of weeks ago. But uh, we went in there, we did a pre-investigation, kind of just to feel out the place and get the stories behind the events that occurred at that location. Um, my question to you is, I took probably a handful of pictures, and I'm on the fence about orbs. I mean, you know, to, to me, you know, it, it just seems like there's not enough real hard evidence to believe in orbs. I mean, I just, I just want to get some opinions out there and, you know, what is, you know, what is a true orb and what is just, you know, that next thing in the camera that's really nothing. Uh, I got this one, guys. An orb is a round sphere or object, and uh, they are for real, and all of them are the demonic version of my Uncle Larry, who passed away uh, a few years ago. So if you get an orb in your camera, it's my Uncle Larry, who passed away a few years ago, <laughs> and he's a demon. Um, it could also be Elvis, or it could be moisture <laughs> or a dust. Um, okay. But no, I, honestly, uh, the only reason I don't 100% discount orbs, uh, you know, that .0001% of the time that I think there's something to it, is because people report seeing what we call spook lights, or what have been called spook lights mm -hmm. for a long time, glowing balls of light that produce light, that throw off light, uh, floating around. And I imagine if you had a camera handy, you could take a picture of it, and it would look like a glowing ball. The 99.9999999999, we'll be back right after this, 9999% of the time, uh, that's really just, uh, it's lens flare, it's moisture, it's dust, it's a million natural things that occur in especially digital cameras. And so, for the most part, we have to discount them. And if you just have an orb, I say, well, what else you got? Okay. Now, on, on that same topic, too, when I was in there, I was actually taking pictures. There was like a wall separation, and then there was like a sliding door and then, like, another room. I also, it appeared to be, like, almost somebody peeking around this this wall divider, and when I looked at it, it was, like, this uh, really strange, like, uh, white mist or white, like, uh, uh, triangle. And I'm trying to, to obviously, you know, say, well, it's not real, but I can't find any reason, you know, you know, to say, hey, this, is, this isn't real. I mean, it, it's looking pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good. Well, whenever you're taking a, a photo and there's some sort of glass involved, and you're saying that there was a glass sliding door between the rooms, it was it was actually a wood divider, oh, okay. and then it was just a, a passive room that you know, like they would have banquets on one side, banquets on the other, and pull this big old wooden oak door across. And it, when I took the picture, it looked as if something was peering around the the edge of that door. And you know, along with that, I'm going to try to give you the cliff notes on this. We went down to the basement, too, and we started talking about the occurrences that were happening in the Holly Hotel in Michigan here, and we heard, like, two solid knocks on a table as well. So, I mean, I know this place is active. Um, we, we tried to, to uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, crush any, you know, reason for the, the knocking, and there was no, nobody even in the area, and that side of the restaurant upstairs there was nothing. So there was something definitely there with us, and it was... Uh, it was quite quite uh, quite an adventure because as she's telling us the story, she's telling me that her her and her husband who owned the restaurant, they pulled up caskets in the early '80s that were in the basement there, like it was a casket making shop. So uh, this building's from like 1875's burned a couple times, been reconstructed. Um, you know, I I really think I have something good to work with here. Yeah, it sounds like a great location. Keep you know, let yeah. us know. Let us know what you find. Um, where do we meet? Yeah, by the way. You What's that? You said we spoke a few weeks ago. This is Jeff. Well, actually, yeah, you were having the live, uh, live chat at Eastern State Penitentiary, and I asked a question, and, and the question was, Jeff, that 
when's the most you've ever been freaked out? And your reply was, drinking Monster Energy drinks, then you went to the bathroom or something like that. Oh, God, that totally sounds like me. (laughs) Yeah, you were like, ah, I seen something green come out of there. I don't know what was going on. Oh, man, that sounds uh, like me. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I'm very uh, active in the paranormal world. I actually do a lot of posting on Zach Baggins' page. Um, Most people know me by Eric Biggs or Dearborn Eric. Our team is also uh, downriverparanormal.com. Um, well, you're getting we, all the plugs, uh, aren't you? Yeah. You're going to yeah, have to pay definitely. here in a minute. <laughs> well, good deal. Well, thanks yeah, for the call. Yeah. And, and yeah. email us some of those photos, and we'll take a look at them, and, and we'll see if we can offer you a better I'll opinion. Tell you, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm on Facebook. Uh, just look me up, uh, uh, Eric Biggs. And, uh, here we go know, again. Yeah, <laughs> friend request me. I'll be more than happy to share what I got with you guys and hopefully come up with uh, some neat stuff for you. Sounds Excellent. good. All right, thank you. Thanks. All right, thank you very much. Have uh, a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Isn't radio awesome? I mean, we could hold that photo right up to the microphone, and no one would have any clue what we're talking about. That reminds me of the first episode <laughs> of Spooky South Coast, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, as we, as we were saying, and of course, if you ever have any questions about any of your evidence and you want our opinions, I don't know why you would, but if you do, you can always email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, even if you put it up on your Facebook or whatever, you know, find us on there. Just look yeah. up Tim Weisberg. There's two now, because the damn flute player that used to record in the 70s, now he has... Flautist? Yes, the flautist. He, he now has a, uh, a Tim Weisberg <sighs> Facebook. And also, he bought TimWeisberg.com. You know, and why, you should, why should you change long. your name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Um, still, though, if you Google search, he still comes up first. All right, let's go to the phones here. We got somebody Stick here. with it. Stick with it, Tim. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Oh, hey, we're on right now, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, great. That's awesome. Uh, and what are you guys discussing tonight from the... Uh, about paranormal stuff. Tonight we are talking about the Bridgewater Triangle, our own little paranormal vortex of uh, every really? type well, of conceivable um, phenomena. Oh, that's great. We actually just started up a paranormal group, Paranormal Expeditions with an X. Three of the hottest chicks you'll ever see actually doing real, reputable paranormal investigations. And so we went to Houghton, the Houghton Mansion um, a couple weeks ago in that Harvest Moon Conference. Yeah. Trying to go meet Jeff, and Jeff, he didn't go on the investigation that night. Oh, sorry. I was there all day. Were you not there during the day? No, no. We came from Boston. We're on Quincy, actually. and So we drove out there, took the Mohawk Trail, and uh, we had a good time. We got some good stuff. I oh, mean, awesome. Yeah, that's a great place. Uh, are you typing that into there. your cell phone? I was are you uh, looking up Paranormal Expedition on your cell phone. <laughs> Ex- para- go to Facebook.com yeah. slash Paranormal Expedition. This is like the third dot com in two That's minutes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, so, it's all if you go to MySpace, in. Facebook, or Twitter, it's all dot com slash Paranormal Expeditions or all Twitter right. Paranormal underscore Exped Xped because you just can't. This is rough though because much. we're going to be looking at these chicks and totally judging them now. Like, are they really hot? Well, you I'll know? tell you what. Let me tell you, you're going to absolutely. If you see it, you're going to go nuts. And okay. no right. videos are up yet, but when you see it, actually, like I'm the tech guy for them, but you know, I I got a face for radio, like you guys, I think. Uh, so and a voice, <laughs> you know, and a voice I resemble for that remark. And a voice for Bruce. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, we're just you know we're into uh, just. Doing some great stuff and going out and see some great places. We just went to the USS Salem here. That's right around the corner from us. And, right. Well, you know, it's, you know it's, it's not too late. Hop in the car and head toward Bridgewater. Hey! I know. Well, it is tonight. We got all the kids on. Everybody's in bed, you know. it's uh, It was a long day today. But like I said, I'm not the one that's on there. I mean, these three girls, you got to check it out. Paranormal Expeditions. I just... 
the website just got purchased, so everything is. You know, if you, add, if you make it like Paranormal XX Expeditions, you're really going to start moving products. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, just an idea. <laughs> you is, can yeah, have it. Let me tell you, that would, you know that that's coming. I mean, okay. there's definitely. Huh. Yeah, there's, there's, I can't say that they're now. doing this. They're going to do it reputably, and they're going to be doing it. Um, it's definitely, people are going to want to see it just because of. I mean, there's no group of all-female girls out there doing that right now, you know? How old are they? We're, uh, looking, we're looking right now. There's a ton of all-female girls. Yeah, 23, groups. 27, and 30, and they're just rocking it. It's just ridiculous, you know? And uh, Let's see. you, you got know. the blonde, the redhead, and the brunette. You're covered. Well yeah, done. exactly. Wait, right? and, and is, wait, she, no is, is she Asian? Is she? <laughs> I was going to say, no, it's kind no, of the no, there's, far no, away. there's no Asians uh, involved. Well, no, you lost me. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, sorry about that. One of one of everything, well, right? But, we gotta uh, we gotta move on. But we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely uh, hook up with you in the future. And uh, yeah, check it out. Have people check it out. Facebook.com slash paranormal expeditions with an X. If there's one thing that we're known for here on Spooky South Coast, it's putting hot chicks in awkward positions. <laughs> right. So we'll definitely uh, Volkswagen. We'll definitely have to work uh, work something out down the line. All right. All right thanks, guys. All right. All right. All right. Put Take me care. down for two calendars. Yeah. Exactly. All right. See ya. Have a good night. Right. <laughs> We're looking at the other pictures. There they are from behind. That's nice. That's uh, that's a good shot. That, they really look like they know the paranormal. Well, at least their butts do. I don't want to see you go, but I like watching you walk away. Hey, uh, speaking of hot chicks and the paranormal, I am the king of segways, and Chris Balzano just walked in. Breaker one nine. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> what's going, what's remember, going on? You remember this place? Uh, I do, but I'm still looking at the pictures. I'm sorry. That's all right. Know. We know how to welcome you. You know, you come all the way up here from Florida. We make sure we have hot checks on the computer. I, I, did you guys know that you can actually pick this up on the radio? Really? Right. I was driving here. I was looking for another show. Just listening to the end of the Sox game, and boom, your voice came on. I got the. Uh, so what you're saying classic. is you were just right outside the parking lot. <laughs> you know what? I actually picked it up basically at the beginning of 140. Wow. started coming to in. So. See the UFO? All the internet. There's right crazy now. activity going on out there right there's, now. I don't know what it is, but there's there are these lights in the sky. They're just crazy. I'm not sure if it's a... Uh, I saw them. Did you see them? Yeah, I was abducted. There's, okay. <laughs> it's good to have you back. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they returned them, though. I can't... You notice I'm standing. I can't I, sit I, I, do, I, I can't I, sit down. Usually I take a seat and, uh, yeah. you know... After Ooh. my long drive, but I'm still, standing up too because everyone else is so. still very tender, very tender. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and we will we will address this a little bit later on because there are some some UFO reports going on out there. There's conflicting reports as to whether or not it's been debunked. Uh, Moniz says that it's the airport lights uh, here in New Bedford, the searchlights. Um, that seems to be what we saw coming in. But yeah. some of the people that I talked to that are out there checking it out on the road, they're saying that it couldn't have been that. And especially, you know, where the the airport lights kind of move in a circular direction, these were going back and forth and all over the place. So, do you ever think like UFOs are, are kind of like dogs following the laser light? Like, so UFO comes down to the searchlight and just like ooh ooh, ooh. trying to chase yeah. it and then like <laughs> and then get messed up, goes in a circle and it's like yeah. uh, 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 chasing nope. its own tail. Coming down, I did indeed see the searchlights, but. Today, which, uh, but we'll talk about that I wish Pat Moniz was with me at the time, but he wasn't, so I was kind of like, you know yeah. what, I'll, I'll just assume it's something, you know. He's always with you in spirit. If he's he not really there, is. it's explainable then. Because yes. if it was unexplainable, he'd be there right. tracking <laughs> it down. All right, so well, welcome back to Thank Massachusetts. Very, we very, very we good kept to be it here. the same for you. I know, I, I see that. Although the, a lot of the, um, I, I had to go to the little investigator's room before, and uh, all the all the golden records are down, so I'm usually greeted really? by the new kids. And Well, no one's had a gold like record that, in a long so. time. I don't know if you follow the music business, <laughs> but uh, there's, there's, there hasn't been much out in like the last 10 years. Really. Well, these these were you know much older, so it was, right. it's usually there's a Spice Girls album that used to be in the yeah, bathroom. Yeah, the Spice yeah, Girls. That's, that's gone. They're going to be big. I felt, I felt like I was completely, you know. John Cicada? No, no more nope, John Cicada. Nope, no more John. Or um, <laughs> uh, it was one of the old new kids, too. 
he wasn't there. So I felt Jerry like, am I even in the right place? Maybe it's some kind of time slip, and I'm back to a, a time before we were infected by those bands. But I, I, I see by Jeff's, uh, um, you know, sparkling eyes that uh, that I am indeed in the right time and place. Well, he has had the same haircut since the fourth grade. Ouch. So. He really has. I've been going over like his original before Thirty Out of Minutes. Was it the Ghost Adventures or? Something like that. Some uh, some shoot. I changed show. it a little, actually. Yeah, yeah. You looked exactly other than other than you know. The, yeah. you're definitely you know thinned out, but the, the hair is exactly the same. Yeah. And I think you were wearing that shirt when you were at a. It's uh. He says he says ouch when I make the crack, <laughs> but ouch would be looking at my fourth grade haircut when I had uh, the original mullet. And not only that, but when I grew long hair, which I did for quite a while, it would curl out at the back. So okay. I, I kind of look like uh, you know that girl. Tim invented the mullet, okay. or like you were from Manchester, having been back to New Hampshire. It's it's kind of they're still wearing it that way. So, so definitely, <laughs> Christopher, Vegas. you uh, <laughs> Manch Vegas, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool town. Hey, so you you moved to Florida? I moved to Florida, and is it as otherworldly as Massachusetts? As many legends, as many great you know, layers. You, you hear whispers of legends. Um, the investigative groups are very different there. Most of them are kind of post. Um, Please let's stereotype post taps, and so it's very much like there's an archetype. You know, there's a there's a hierarchy and groups. You know, like oh, right. you know, we don't want to talk to you unless you want to join our group. And here's the membership, and here's the people we hate. Matching t-shirts. Um, yeah, good. Actually, good, and black, good. of course. Well, yeah, um, it's slimming. It's very slimming. But uh, but I'm, I'm starting to get, especially because of kind of changed directions of what I'm working on. I'm starting to get whispers of some interesting things that I'm going to be checking out. And how can there not be paranormal activity in some place like the Everglades? So, oh, absolutely. Alligator Alley, here I come. You got to prove it. Not only that, though, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Florida had people coming and visiting from uh, Europe before New England did. Right, right. And it was. They've got older stories for sure. And it's it's something like, um, you know, we're. Jeff and I were talking about on Thirty Odd Minutes this week is that you have Thanks these the plug plug, plug yeah. uh, you have these immigration um, cycles, and so you go from Native American to to the Spanish to you know uh, you know over the past two hundred years di- different people there and, and also a, a great pride for the area, um, and so there's this very weird kind of tension between the the different classes and the different uh, races that are there, and it makes for some really interesting variations on the stories that I'm already starting to kind of explore. So it's cool. It, and there's, there's pride for legends, too. I mean, I, one of the things I've found is some people, like, it's it's almost, well, geez, look at, like, the Dover Demon in Massachusetts, right? I mean, it's become a mascot. Right. It, you know, uh, um, Salem, the witches are, are a mascot. They're on the police car and police right, cruisers. Right, right. And, and so there's not only pride of location, but pride of the, these legends and ownership of them, Dighton Rock. You mm-hmm. know, um, the, the Portuguese seem to yell the loudest that it's theirs, even though if you ever look at the thing, you're like, I don't know. I could say anything, you know? Right. Uh, I, I believe it's actually uh, the Friday menu for Vasco da Gama. <laughs> that's that's what's right. Yeah. Let's try the uh, goat head. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's, it's, it's delicious. Much like um, in Massachusetts with a lot of really interesting wooded areas and a lot of kind of borderline cryptozoological or paranormal things or UFO things going on, you have the same thing in these kind of swampy areas. Um, so I'm looking to kind of... Uh, track down some of these things that I'm hearing about, but a lot less like, you know, the, here's this haunted hotel or here's this, you know, um, you know, great restaurant and, and you can come and see the ghosts and things like that. A lot less of that type of stuff, which seems genuine. But I, you know. So your ghost tour business is going to be. Huh. Well, I can just make it up like other people. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the if, most haunted McDonald's if, in the Everglades. If other places are using my stories for their ghost stories, I figure I can just make up some of my own too. There you go. But um, but there actually is a, some really interesting work going on um, off the coast. 
Uh, I don't know how that's going to be uh, impacted by the whole oil spill, but um, I basically have hooked up with, or I shouldn't say hooked up, I've made contact randomly at a, at a restaurant with these people who uh, have expeditions, and they actually go out on the boats and they do deep-sea diving, and they're almost like um, trying to track down these legends, more legends than actual hauntings, by going into these old relics and things like that of the stories, and they, they bring back not only the story of what happened, but also the story of other people having weird experiences in the places where these ships wrecked. The downside, though, is that with, with work like that, is all the EVP are just like, <laughs> which sounds a lot like normal EVP that we get above water. Oddly enough, I've heard Ellen DeGeneres on EVPs for you know mm. quite some time mm. now. Fascinating. There, so. yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I, just, yeah, I, get, I get whale songs. <laughs> Good talk. Well, there, there is a new book coming out about legend tripping. I don't know if you... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Is this an infomercial? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> like, you know, just plug after plug. See, well, I'm having go. a yard sale in August. If <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're there. But, uh, let, no, I let mean, me tell but, you about Amway, yeah. Tim. Let's no. take a <laughs> <laughs> but you do have a new book coming out, and, and it's it about... It is a triangle show, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So we're... Uh, yeah, no, I want to come back and discuss it at length. It'll be out in just a couple of weeks. It's picture yourself legend tripping. The whole idea is like, let's go enjoy these legends again. We don't need the equipment. We don't need matching T-shirts, though they help. Um, they do. Let's, uh, let's just... At least you know who's in the group. Right, who to shoot at. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, it helps for your paintball team, too. Just saying. But, also helps with little kids on field trips. And sports teams. Yeah. So, uh, so, so we all agree. Uniforms have their places. Sure. Um, but, uh, but the whole idea is getting back to story, getting back to like not just looking into ghosts or you know, but also UFOs and aliens and monsters and all of these great stories. And, and that's what's great about doing this show every year is it kind of gets us back to the legends of these places. Absolutely. And it's not just about the hardcore of it. And sure, all these groups are going to be out there with their equipment trying to document this. But at the same time, they're out there for the experience. They're out there for the fun of tracking down these stories speaking of which dude you got like 30 people out there and if you don't start calling them uh, i don't think you're gonna have time well time stands still for the bridgewater triangle <laughs> oh right of course it does <laughs> no but we are we're gonna start calling all the groups just want to make sure that everybody's in position i haven't heard from anybody saying that they're not so let's uh, move on forward we're gonna take a break when we come back on the other side we'll start getting these groups on the phone if you want to call in share any experiences or any stories that you've had in the bridgewater triangle and we'll talk about how that's expanded even more so you know, I was just rereading Ghost of the Bridgewater Triangle, and I realized... By Christopher Balzano? Yes. Available now on Amazon. I realized, it's like, you got to update this already, man. Right, right. And it's, you know, well, we can get into it later, but I mean, it is kind of like an evolving, revealing itself kind of slowly and quickly at times, so... All right, well, we'll talk about all that. The numbers, 508-996-0500, Email spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. And the chat room is up and running on SpookySouthCoast.com as well. So we'll be right back with more here on Spooky South Coast. Plug, 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 there we go. Witnesses say those mystic creatures prowl the Hockamock Swamp, located in the Triangle's heart of Bridgewater, Easton, Norton, Rainham, and Taunton. Hockamock, Allegon, for Dark Place, has spawned stories of prehistoric pterodactyls taking flight, 30-foot alligators, and half-man, half-ape-like giants thrashing through the woods. Because we're talking 17,000 acres of swamp, and if you've ever really walked into the outskirts of the Hockamock, it is a dense forest swamp. 
If I knew we could get these guys on tape, I wouldn't have them come in here all the time. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. Here in the studio, we have Jeff Belanger and Chris Balzano. We are talking about the Bridgewater Triangle. We have teams live out in the field. I know we have a couple of them on the phone, but because we had to burn all those commercials, it looks like we're not, probably not going to get to you uh, in this hour. But the good news is, don't tell the bosses here. We're going to skip the news at the start of the next hour, and we're going to jump right back into the conversation. Uh, so I, I, we should be able to just keep it running, right, because you just ran the legal ID? Yep. Awesome. Excellent. All right, so let's just go. Let's just move on. You like this is my favorite show of the year because we fly by the seat of our <laughs> pants more so than usual. So, Chris, you heard that description by Angie Lake about the the Bridgewater Triangle, and, and do you have some things to add there to, to what he was saying? I guess uh, we need a little uh, historical background and kind of some context of everything. It being, you know, uh, Spooky South Coast is now global, um, and uh, basically the Bridgewater Triangle was first coined and kind of realized. By uh, Lauren Coleman, <laughs> back in the late 70s, uh, he did a few kind of magazine articles. And what, what he basically noticed was that in these this area, and he used the original uh, Bridgewater, East Bridgewater, West Bridgewater as his triangle, he noticed there was more heightened paranormal activity or, or unexplained activity might be a better kind of word for it, where you were not only experiencing things like UFOs and Bigfoot, but, you know, um, unexplained deaths. And, and, you know, he didn't really get into the ghosts, but, you know, we come to find out later area same area that was happening in uh just a lot of weirdness and he kind of expanded it out until it became uh what it be, what it kind of the original stamp which has kind of stood for a really long time which was freetown in one corner ape, uh, one apex rehoboth in the other and then the town of abington and within this area um people have experienced everything from puckwudgies to ufos to um, to zombies and ghosts and, and all the, anything that you would ever want to find in the paranormal supernatural realm seems to exist there. But then there's also this whole um, kind of social interaction between the paranormal and what we deem as the normal. So you have a heightened level of mental health disorder, especially in youth, a heightened level of these weird unexplained crimes, uh, traffic, uh, death, things like that are all happening in this same exact area. Because I, one of the first questions you always get is, <laughs> Well, I know of five hauntings down the street. What what makes this not a vortex of you know ultimate evil like the Bridgewater Triangle? I'm like, well, it's not just that one weird thing happens. It's not just you go there and there's a lot of ghosts. You go there and there's all these paranormal things, and then there's these things that, if you're not looking at them in that kind of context, seem completely normal. So that's kind of where we as investigators and we as researchers kind of approach the Bridgewater Triangle from. And like you were saying before. It's ever expanding because, you know, Lauren Coleman's original model didn't include ghostly activity, but it also kind of ended at borders. So you take a town like yeah. Freetown, for example. Well, Freetown used to be Fall River, so now you got to start talking about Lizzie Borden and things like that. Uh, part of it were Tiverton, Rhode Island. I mean, so even statewide, because if, you know, if the, it is this vortex or if it is this force or it is this kind of thing that can't be explained and can't really be categorized and yet it's, drawing things in or and impacting things, what is a, a state border? What's a town border? Well, and, and that's the thing. Triangles are a nice, catchy uh, label to put on it, and it makes for a nice shape on a map. But it's more probably like a Doppler radar picture of a hurricane. Right. Where there's your epicenter, and then there's these little tentacles that reach out, and where there is almost a sharp drop-off of when you hit the outside of it, the activity level is kind of decreasing uh, sharply. Right, and and of course, you know, it's 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 widely debated what that center is. Uh, according to Coleman's 
original plan, the Huckamuck Swamp that they were talking about would be the, the physical mm-hmm. center of it. But like I've said many a times, especially when I was promoting my book about the town, uh, I really and truly think that it's Freetown because Freetown is kind of a microcosm of everything you're going to get within the Bridgewater Triangle. So I like to think of that as it. And and we actually have teams out in Freetown. Uh, we have teams out in Rehoboth. We have teams out in Bridgewater. I mean, it's amazing. I put out uh, on the Internet a couple of weeks ago that we were going to be doing this show and that we needed some teams that were willing to go out into the field. And immediately I got responses back within seconds. Right. And uh, a lot of them are some of the groups that we've worked with in the past, and some of them are new groups joining us for the first time, and individual investigators who wanted to get out and get involved, uh, newbies who had never actually been out in the field and said, hey, if I can go tag along with somebody, I'd, you know, I'd appreciate the opportunity. It's amazing not only that they immediately jump to come out and then be able to investigate these sites, but then they all start asking about each other. They say, right. Oh well, where's Luann going to be? You know, where's Charlene and Bayste going to be? It's like it, it really is a, a nice community that is developed around here, and they can use this Bridgewater Triangle as something that's brought them all together. So it's kind of funny for all the negative that's there. Here's one positive that's come out of it. Right, and and I get a lot of contact from people who are investigators that you know I meet on the air on Spooky South Coast when I'm in here, or just you know via email, or you know they pick up the book and they're investigators. I mean, and they're constantly coming up with new things and asking new opinions on things. So it is not something that. That's, you know, here's a haunting that's origins is 200 years ago, and we can all just kind of, you know, play around with the with the legend of it and the story of it, and maybe we can get some evidence and have fun with it. This is something that's living and breathing. And you mentioned Pukwajis a few minutes ago, which, of course, mm-hmm. are the, he the could name. not. Really. <laughs> it's contractually <laughs> obligated. Yeah, no, he's got an agreement with him. But, yeah. uh, you know, which, as we've talked in the past, are those Native American kind of trickster spirits that have... Mm-hmm. Sharply turned evil. <laughs> yes, yeah, these, these little troll-like creatures that are they kind of roam, you know, all across the country and all across the world, and uh, and, and and they seem to have a lot of activity in the Freetown State Forest, but also, you know, activity in some of the other state forests that are in this area, and then kind of stretching to Framingham and 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 parts of Maine, parts of uh, New Hampshire. So well. Maybe even spreading a little bit more than that because I just got an email here in Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to send one. But uh, this is from Christina, one of our regular listeners, and uh, she says they're coming back from the Smoky Mountains. She wanted us to let you know that they had a Pukwudgie experience out there and their campground on an Indian reservation in Cherokee, North Carolina. It lasted a few days, actually, and each morning there was an item left for her. Uh, she put it in her blog, but if you know she, she's going to send us a story a little bit later on, they're listening on the iPhone out in the camper. So, and of course, Stitcher, Stitcher, and uh, iPhone, and all these different apps. You can hear us. You can hear the podcast. But so, I mean, you're getting a, a report out of North Carolina, huh? <laughs> We're in the air now. <laughs> yeah, this is live. Oh my god, I thought this was the rehearsal. <laughs> Oh my word! I made a oh. comment about the new kids. Um, it's yeah, I, yeah, really it's, it's, it's uh, really you know, and and they're they're different work, you know, different expressions, or different explanations for what they might be. There's different names given them throughout the Native American communities and all across America. And then we were actually just discussing the one that is in Australia that they actually have a celebration for every year called the Oz Spirit. Um, so tracking them down is a lot like trying to reveal to someone that they've had an experience that they haven't fully realize that they've had because they haven't been able to kind of process it the right way and and filter it the right way and then all of a sudden they hear about the Pukwudgie and it makes sense to them they might even compare it to the, their local lore and come up with oh well that's you know we call that something else and when you experience and then when you kind of talk with them you're like well that's all the same symptoms of a, of a Pukwudgie and b- before the Pukwudgie term kind of hit 
Uh, somebody that I know from the Lakeville area was telling me stories about these little troll-like creatures that all had matching hats and used to cause <laughs> problems. So, I mean, the stories still exist in different forms. It's something that they ta- talked about in the schools over there and everything, so... Maybe some of these and and actually, are you sure they weren't ghost hunters? Like before the matching? No, no, they're like like uh, (laughs) almost like lawn gnome hats. Not like with any kind of logo that you could sell on Cafe Press. They weren't lawn gnomes. (laughs) (laughs) They might have been. The uh, actually the first puck wedgie story ever documented was from uh, my best friend. You know, my old best friend, not right. You were. Feelings are hurt. But um, and this was in this was in uh, a forested area in uh, Framingham. And this was, I mean, when I, I wouldn't even consider myself a researcher or an investigator back then. I was just a story collector. And we went out there and we investigated and, and we found the area had all these other really weird things that were going on there. But the way she described it was the same way with that hat. And it wasn't until years later that I started to kind of put that into my Puck Wudgie file. Well, maybe Which some I'm of not going to show you. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you are a Puck Wudgie file, as a matter of fact. <laughs> some of these teams that are out there tonight might encounter a Puck Wudgie along the way and catch it, bring it in. You know, we'll... Yeah, well, we'll give it a good. We'll give it a good life. Yeah. I think I think Luann's group has the the best chance of it. Actually, actually, we got to update you on that. Okay, the original <laughs> uh, intended site for them to go to. Yes, uh, kind of one of those shotgun get off my property deals. Really, not quite to that extent, but uh, yeah, private property. Well, who'd have thought at eleven o'clock at night a bunch of ghost hunters mm-hmm. creeping around uh, woods and forests? And well, if they listened to the show last week, they would have known we were doing it this week. Good point. Come on, I th- people. I think I think technically, uh, you, the, you know, the first. Ten yards might be public property. I mean, uh, private property. But then it's public property after that. So just keep running. If they had just made it by the shotgun, <laughs> it would have been all set. <laughs> just run for it. You'll, you'll all right. Well, let's go to our first team on the VIP line. Uh, we will talk with uh, Linda Marie from Bay State Paranormal Society. Check out their website, BayStateParanormalSociety.com. dot com. There's going to be a lot of plugs tonight, Jeff. No, but you got to turn down the radio there because we're. Oh, there it is. Uh, I, th- I think that's just background noise. It- Are you listening to the to the show? Hello. <laughs> yeah, we're here. Turn down your radio, folks. Thanks. We're here. All right. So, uh, are, we, are we speaking with Linda Marie? Yes. Okay. And you guys are out at Anawan Rock in Rehoboth, which yes, is yes. Charlene and I are out here. It's huh. always a spot where, when we do these shows, that a lot of activity happens. Normally, Luann and Whaling City Ghosts are there, but we thought we'd see if maybe some activity was happening with a different team tonight. Has anything been going on so far? Um, not much. We're right at the foot of Anawan Rock, and we've been here for quite a while. There's really not much going on, but a few moments ago, we did hear someone walking around in the woods. Then it stopped, so, but it did sound like a person, not an animal, but. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a Pakwudgie. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, we haven't seen anything else. It's really quiet out here. Well, a lot of the reports out there, of course, are of phantom fires uh, and of uh, phantom drum sounds. and So, I mean, that's the kind of thing, of course, that you'll be looking for. But mm-hmm. you're, you're actually a, a sensitive, right? A psychic yeah. medium. Mm-hmm. So uh, did you feel any kind of uh, energies coming from Anawan Rock? No, not tonight. I'm not feeling anything out here, any kind of spiritual activity, nothing. How are the mosquitoes? <laughs> we're covered with deep woods off. So oh, good, we're, good. We're good. Another plug. <laughs> so <laughs> the thing about Anawan Rock that I think is so interesting is that uh, if not for the efforts of you know local historians, there wouldn't even be that little cutoff in the road and the sign that says this is Anawan Rock. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the surrender site of one of the you know, the bloodiest battle on American soil ever. You know, a per capita. 
Um, you know, it's just, it's an amazing place. It's an, it's a unique rock. It's pudding stone and it looks almost like cement when you're there. It's, you know, rocks within other rocks and it's this big mound. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've been there a number of times now. I think there's an energy to the place for sure. But, um, but you guys are there now live and. Yeah, it's pretty quiet tonight. I mean, I don't, we don't even hear a lot of animals. It's really quiet out here. Just the two of us out here in the woods. Oh, that's romantic. <laughs> so yeah. uh, if the red-headed hitchhiker is looking for anybody to, yeah. to harass, I'd we, we look for Marine him, Charlie. too. Yeah, well, you're right there. You might as well, yeah. Now, well, we're uh, armed and dangerous. Now, is any of your group uh, Native American or have any kind of connection? Um, I don't think anybody in our group is Native American, are they, Charlene? Oh, Charlene is. Oh, okay. Oh, do your research, because, Marie. Be, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, oftentimes... Um, Oftentimes, people who have some kind of background in Native American, like some, it's in their blood, so have more of an experience out there. Sure, yeah. They seem to kind of want mm-hmm. to communicate. Are you having, with, with are you their having own. any experiences, Charlene? Anything? Well, I was going that way. We're going to move that way in a little bit. I did um, hear something over there, and I, to my left, I heard something and saw a light. Okay. She's heard a couple of things, but we really haven't heard much. But we're going to walk around the woods here a little bit too, and. Right. See if anything happens. All right, we'll definitely check back in with you before the end of the show. Uh, we might go a little bit over midnight, so uh, if, if need be, if we can okay. keep these guys here. So uh, just and if anything goes on, just send me a text, and uh, if anything breaks, okay, we'll right. let you know. Thanks. Right. Stay safe. Thanks. If anything breaks, we'll fix it. All right, let's go to the next one. I'll let you press the button so I don't drop anybody off. Uh, and let's speak with John Brightman of New England Paranormal Research. AnyParanormalResearch.com is their website. And, John, you know the Freetown State Forest intimately, uh, so while other people might be a little bit worried about going out there on a night like tonight, you didn't think twice about it. I, we couldn't have been more happy to be a part of this and be out here right now. And uh, I know that when I spoke to you uh, a while ago, you had already uh, investigated a few sites out there. Yeah, we uh, we figured we'd head out a little bit early because we wanted to cover quite a bit of the forest. I got my uh, co-founder, Jeff, with me, and we brought up a friend of ours from Connecticut, from Connecticut Paranormal Research Team, Donna. And uh, we're out. We uh, did the parking lots on Copacut Road already. We did the underground cave um, off of Cornerpog Road. And we're sitting right now waiting to go into where the Carl Drew Shack is. And... Uh uh, Chris, I know that the, the Carl Drew case is something that you wrote about extensively. Uh, did you get reports when you were working on that of things that would happen around the shack? I never did. I got, I mean, I got reports of people who like to go out there and freak themselves out, mm-hmm. but I never had any reports of any. And, and as far as I knew, it had been taken down. I mean, I've got to think it's, you know, it's been a really long time since, since those things happened. I thought that, um, my original information, I thought Alan had said that that shack had been taken down. And so people would tell me about, like, oh, years ago something happened there mm-hmm. and we freaked ourselves out and we, we, we would go and, like, be touching, oh my god, but never anything that was actually, like, substantial or a story or a paranormal kind of thing going on there. And what yeah, it, it's pretty much, I mean, torn down. It, there's, like, one wall left to it. Um, you can see some of the cinder blocks laying around, a uh, couple of tops, and then there's like a little weird, uh, you know, almost like an outhouse type shack down in the, down far away from it. But other than that, don't, don't use it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's demonic. <clears throat> there's nothing left to it, really. It's, it's pretty much demolished. So, so these guys started out, they, they had mentioned Copacut Road, which is one of the, my favorite legends in all of Massachusetts, the mad trucker of Copacut Road. 
which nobody, we can never find anybody that's ever right. said they've personally seen it. It's just this story that goes around that you drive down Copacut Road and all of a sudden this crazed guy in a pickup truck appears from out of nowhere right on your tail, runs you off the road, and then disappears. And um, Copacut Road starts as paved for a short distance. Right. And then it's a right. pretty good um, dirt road. There's a few houses. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then it just disintegrates into uh, Fallujah. Yeah, pretty much. Absolute, absolute nothingness. And, and Chris <laughs> Chris was driving. We were driving down there together. This was years ago. Right. And uh, Chris is going way too fast down a road that have potholes where, like, you know, smaller vehicles can just disappear entirely and <laughs> cracked his oil pan. <laughs> yep, yep, and it blew up the next day. And uh, yeah, and actually, uh, if you if you get a uh, weird Massachusetts, it's the the picture was th- we have give a picture of my car on Copacabra Road taken the last day of its life before yeah the last day of its life <laughs> and it's really great because the Mad Trucker is like a classic ghostly yeah. legend. It's all over the place, and yet the Mad Trucker of Copacabra Road was basically someone saying to someone else. Have you ever heard of this? Right. That person posting it on uh, one of the news websites. And then from there, here at Spooky South Coast, us catching it, things like that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's in books. It's being, you know, it's being retold and all these things. And yet, like you said, no one can actually find anyone who's ever had any kind of experience with it. But we know the road's cursed because you lost your car. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the lesson for that, John, is and go in all, slow. In all honesty, like, you know, on that side of the the, the, the forest, you know, I do have uh, paranormal activity and, and weird things that have happened and, and a Pukwudgie sighting in the parking lots that are along that road uh, from the forest, and yet nothing actually, no trucker to be uh, to be spoken of. Hey, I'm sorry, Matt Costa, real quick. Um, could we start keeping track of how many times the word Pukwudgie Sure. Is, is said tonight because we got to be up in the dozens by now. Got a chalkboard. Yeah. No, I don't know why I didn't copyright that somehow, but <laughs> uh, trademark. There you go. Mahop might have had a problem with it. <laughs> well, so <laughs> so John, you just keep uh, letting us know if anything goes on out there. We'll check back in with you, but uh, text me if anything uh, should happen that uh, we need to get on the air right away. Yeah, most definitely. As soon as we uh, leave here, we're going to do the Indian Cemetery and Pet Cemetery area. And then we're going to head down to the ceremonial area and the wedge area. So we'll definitely uh, let you know if we get anything. Excellent. Of course, any evidence that anybody gets, we'll, we'll come back and revisit it on the show at a later date. But also, I'm sure you'll post it on uh, anyparanormalresearch.com as well. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right. Talk to you in a bit. John Brightman of New England Paranormal Research. And uh, so now we're, now we get to the fun part because we only had two lines to get the, the guests on uh, – Ahead of time. So now, Matt, let's just dial them random. You know, let's just dial them directly and, and take it right on the air. This is going to be good stuff. So why don't we call uh, spies? Uh, Tracy Bjork is out there with her team, spies, the South Shore Paranormal Investigators East Coast Society, and they're in the Hockamock Swamp area. So when we try to call them, the phone's not going to actually have any signal. <laughs> so uh, big setup for nothing, I'm sure. That would be paranormal in itself if this works. Uh, when I first met uh, Tracy, she told me that the, it actually stood for short Portuguese. Investigators East Coast Society. Yeah, they've they've gone through a few names. They're changes. very they're very short. <laughs> they're very short. And uh, she's actually what's interesting about. But these, we love them for the record. Oh, absolutely. We love all these groups for taking their time out of their Saturday night when they could be working a case, and instead uh, heading out there into the woods and getting bitten by ticks and mosquitoes. And what else would you be doing on a Saturday night than traipsing through a swamp? Uh, I well, ask you. If you're us, if we're, we'd be here. And if you're our kind of ladies, <laughs> like the ladies of spies. And what I, I like the and fact there's that some, there's a dude here too. I see in training, Glenn. Is, and that's what I was going to say. In addition, in addition to having Tracy and Tiffany, the spirit medium for the group, they're actually bringing some new 
people out into the field. Bait, actually. There's one way to make sure that if somebody's going to last in your group, it's to take them out to the Hockamock yeah. Swamp on a Saturday night. You sit right here. We're going to be over there behind that rock. <laughs> just just sit tight. <laughs> we'll be right to you. You know, in the hands of really good teachers, the Bridgewater Triangle is a good place to train people because not only can you get activity, but then it becomes, well, what the heck did we just get? What does it mean? Yeah, I mean, you Derek, know, Derek Bartlett like, makes it part of the Capers training program. That you have to go out and spend some time in there because, as you said, you're going to get all kinds of activity. And you're going to learn how to deal with the elements. It's like Paranormal Survivor Man. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we drop you in the swamp and we'll, we'll pick you up in the weekend. Not everything is Here, taken up. Here's some energy drinks and then some beef jerky and some Swedish fish. Not everything is uh, just I used to actually hanging out in air conditioned. I asked, uh, used to bring Swedish fish to investigations. I always bring Swedish I was fish. consumed with I was, this idea that, you know, like... Uh, that you you lost something and you had to have something sugary to kind of replace it. Absolutely. I think it was from Stir of Echoes, and so I used to bring Swedish fish and lozenges. You know what's funny? Every every yeah. you do throat. love your lozenges. Your <laughs> I, I lozenge really do. Every uh, <laughs> well, you can thank have you this actually. Thanks, I need that. Uh, every uh, every event that I do now, you know, we lead investigations on these events. And gosh, the last month I've been Eastern State and Stanley, and, and uh, I always have a big bag of Swedish fish. And people that have been in attendance can tell you if they call in, they can tell you all about my uh, my. My candy prowess. It's all I've well, got to offer. <laughs> you, you and former Patriots punter Ken Walter. Aww. But uh, Why? he used That's... to run a little candy shop out of his locker. But uh, it's interesting. When we were talking on the phone earlier tonight, I was that actually eating, eating Swedish fish at the same time. <laughs> that was, that was That's uh, awkward. A little bit. A little bit. And so did, does he sell candy out of his locker? No, no. Just say he had like his locker was full of candy. So oh. everybody after games would go and get candy from him. And you know, I, I personally think that's why they kept him around a couple seasons too long. <laughs> whatever works. Belichick had a sweet tooth. Whatever, whatever All right, who, who do we get on the phone, Matt? I'm wicked hungry, by the way. Uh, we have Tiffany Rice. Right. I've got some All right. Reese's Pieces. So over. let's go to Tiffany from uh, Spies. And uh, you're the spirit medium for the group out there, right? Yes, I am. So uh, I have to ask you, uh, what kind of feelings are you getting out there tonight? Um, It's a little eerie, I have to be honest with you. Um, a little eerie. Definitely feeling some good vibes, but yet have a feeling that we're kind of being watched a little bit. Tiffany. Yeah. It's Jeff. How are you? Hey, Jeff. How are you? I miss you. I miss you, too. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you're out there with the ticks and the bugs and we're in here with the air conditioning and the fluorescent uh, lights. You know what? It's not, the weather's not, it's holding up. No rain. It's nice weather, except um, we're definitely on the lookout for some ticks. Oh, excuse me, for some ticks. Now, you're near the um, the Indian Rock Bridge? Yes, we are. See, that's cool, because I was um, actually went out there, um, Matt Moniz was there, Andrew Lake was there, who we'll be checking in with them pretty soon, was out with those guys, gosh, maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, and uh-huh. uh, completely flooded out, uh, totally underwater, so it's cool that you really? guys... Really? Yeah, cool that so, you guys... Tracy, yeah, Tracy and I came out here yesterday just to just do a little bit of surveillance, see what was going on, see what we had in store for us for tonight. Wise idea. Yeah, yeah, we got covered in ticks, so our group's... Um, well stocked up in tick repellent, but uh, yeah, so far so good. It's pretty dry. Haven't run into any any dampness or anything like that yet. So right now we're camping out right on the bridge. Um, we have a couple cameras going, some digital recorders going. Um, we are well armed and prepared and ready. Now, wasn't there a Bigfoot sighting right there? There was actually. Where from where we are, um, it's to our right. Okay. So I would say it's probably about two tenths of a mile. 
up no. from the bridge itself. <laughs> yeah, no, check that out too. There <laughs> was yeah, there was the one that was uh, along the street there, but wasn't there um, wasn't there another one that was um, that that took place right at the bridge, or, or was it a ball of light? Forgive me, I'm, I'm mixing my legends. There's, actually, there's been quite a few reports of um, balls of light heading right over the rock bridge itself. Right. Also, large birds have been reported as well. Um, we did notice that we're getting, we must be in a, a, a flight path of some sort because we keep on seeing planes pass right over us. So I don't know if that could have been confused with balls of light, depending if it was a clear night or a foggy Is, night. Isn't that part of the Logan landing pattern out there? I believe so. Yeah, you're not too far. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but um, it's pretty frequent. Are they airplanes or are they UFOs described? Just disguised <laughs> uh, as airplanes, <laughs> flying the flight actually, pattern. Actually, I have one flying over us right now, and it's it's Ask definitely them. an airplane. I, I beam her maybe up. Maybe if I flash them a little bit with the light, that is. <laughs> <laughs> right now. Hey, it's after eleven. Hey, 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 hey! Yeah. I didn't say it was going to be a kid show. Oh, the <laughs> most planes, definitely not. Planes I've gone wild. Just saying. Paranormal <laughs> investigators gone wild. That's uh. A DVD it is after film. eight. Who knows what could happen? I think so. that other group that called in earlier is already working on that. <laughs> right. Oh, that's right, that's all right. right. <laughs> so, all right. Well, definitely keep us up to date. Uh, if anything goes on, you know, shoot us a text or call in on the on the VIP line, and if anything uh, should happen immediately that you need to get on the air, and otherwise, that's just cool. stay safe and and keep flicking those ticks off, and don't miss no, the we- after party. <laughs> the after party will be held at Emma's um, pub in Bridgewater. All right. They're going to stay, stay open later <laughs> just for the paranormal investigators to meet. Just for us. I know the owner. Excellent. I know the owner. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. We'll check in oh, in a bit. Oh, also, hold on one second. Sure. I just wanted to report that um, before you guys had called us, we've had two people, um, part of our team, actually felt a slight breeze, almost like cobwebs racing through there body and their arms, and we actually did get a spike, point thirteen from zero, and both of their arm hair was sticking up. Mm. And there wouldn't so be... So it's just it's something we like to debunk first before we can call it anything paranormal. Um, however, it was pretty odd that it was just two of them that had it, and out of the six people that are with us. And that's interesting because I mean, you're, you're, there's no power sources out there. I mean, you're, you know, there's power lines, but they're they're pretty good distance away from where you are. Right, exactly. And like I said, it happened at the same time. It was just two members of our team, uh, nobody else, and both of them. I mean, I I saw it with my eyes, along with everybody else. The hair on their arm was sticking up, and they both reported that it felt almost like cobwebs running through them. Mm, very so, cool. So it's just something I wanted to add. Um, like I said, I definitely feel like there is something out there. Not sure what it is. A little eerie. Uh, it's pretty exciting, though. So we'll definitely keep you guys up to date on everything. And, um, yeah, it should be a good time. All right. Well, thank you for going out there for us because, you know, it's always the, the hardest to get uh, somebody to, to go out to the swamp area. And, of course, we get the, the spunky girl team to go. You know what? <laughs> Only the best. There you go. Only the best. <laughs> All right, we'll check back in. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you very much. All right, stay safe. All right, thank you. Bye. All right. Oh, good job, Matt. Cut her off. Well, why don't, why don't you... Uh, wh- I think she was about to say, bah, there's something really freaky yeah. happening right now. It's full-body apparition yeah. right in front of me, and it's asking for the phone. Yeah. All right, so why don't we check in with Dartmouth Anomalies Research Team's Eric Lavoy. Uh, he's out on Old Stagecoach Road in Bridgewater with uh, Mike Markowitz, 
who uh, everybody knows is our favorite EVP specialist. And uh, they're out there. This is actually a place that Mike wanted to investigate uh, with Eric, uh, and they mentioned that Linda, of course, was going to go, but she got kind of tied up. And we want to say hi to Linda and Chris, who are comprising our studio audience tonight. Hi, guys. Hey. And uh, Linda's got her new group, Vale's Edge, and you would have been part of the investigation, but you got tied up. So what we'll do is we'll just make sure that we send you into a very remote a uh, very inconvenient location on your own at some point. Yep, and uh, it won't actually be for a show though, so it'll just. Well, if you know, if we don't hear from you after a few hours, we might send somebody out to look for you. All right, we have Eric on the phone. Matt, do we? Yep. All right, excellent. All right, Eric Lavoy out there on Old Stagecoach Road in Bridgewater. Uh, Eric, what's going on tonight? Hey, not much, Tim. How's everything over there? Oh, spectacular, of course. We're, we're not we're not fighting the elements as you guys are. Oh, a little bit. The uh, mosquitoes are killing us out here. Well, that's you know you should have uh, you should have made sure that uh, you put on some off like the the girl groups were smart enough to do. You, you should have hosted the show. Yeah, that works <laughs> yeah, <that's> too. <laughs> <laughs> you notice how I never go out there for these shows. I mean, at least Matt Costa has a job to do, but yeah, I never I'm say I never say hey, I'll go out there in the field and host from out there. Yeah. So uh, right. I'm kind of a big guy, you know. The uh, the mosquitoes would feast on me. <laughs> so no, what? It's, uh, it's, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, what are some of the stories out there from from Old Stagecoach Road? Well, as far as what I'm getting from Mike was, uh, he actually talked to one of the historians of Bridgewater, and the Old Stagecoach Road, which is actually on Strong Avenue, um, used to be basically like a transportation of the stagecoaches. So they would actually bring maybe like textiles and different, you know, um, you know, different pieces of equipment. It actually. On the road itself, you'll actually find all these little metal, uh, molten metal, look almost looks like little rocks. And Mike was saying that they were actually using those to like build, you know, make like little, um, you know, like the old bullets and things like that. So that's basically throughout the whole path. Now, what the story is, is one of the stagecoaches as they were going down, there's a sharp left turn and the stagecoach actually flipped over and it actually trapped the people underneath the stagecoach. And it actually killed one of the horses. And Mike actually came out here and he started conducting some of his EVPs and he got a woman kind of singing, um, almost like a humming and a singing to him. So it basically kind of intrigued him to come back again. So, uh, that's kind of why we came back today. Cool. And is Mike out there with you now? Yeah. He's actually going through some of his data right now in his car. He actually has one of his, uh, um, bibolic, um, microphones set up in the woods. And we actually have other recorders set up through the path. Well, listen, don't tell him. But uh, before the end of the show, we're going to have you put him on the phone. And uh, we'll we'll sing happy birthday to him. Excellent. Will do. And I, I guess you couldn't ask for a better birthday gift than if you get some really good EVPs, which I know that he will because his approach and his equipment, but and he just seems to have the luck as well. Uh, he always gets some really interesting things. Absolutely, and that's why he just thought, he's like, you know, so let me get out of the mosquitoes, let me go through some of my data, hopefully we can capture something, and uh, you know, I don't know if he can send it off to you through the email, but he's going to try, so hopefully we can have something for you in the next uh, phone call. Wow, that'd be amazing. Excellent. Well, and, uh, uh, and there were some reports earlier, uh, and I know that you would have been heading, uh, you probably, did you use 140 at all when you were heading down there? No, we were at the Titicom uh, uh, Indian burial site. Mm-hmm. No, we were thinking about heading out there, but we just figured, you know, some the, the socks ended up ending late. So we're just going to hang out here for the rest of the night. But I think it's going to make another good story 
But when, um, when you did leave, when you left Dartmouth, did did you you didn't head down one forty Route one forty? No, no, I went out twenty four. Because there was some reports of uh, of a UFO out there earlier, so I was just wondering if you had seen that. No, no, we didn't hear that. Uh, th- there's some stories uh, that you know, I, somebody called me and told me about it and said it was a, a oval light, kind of greenish, whitish light, that it was darting all around. It wasn't just, no pun intended, Eric, uh, that it, <laughs> it wasn't just uh, following a pattern. It was kind of just zigzagging all over the place. And uh, actually, Matt Moniz, who we'll check in with in a few minutes, he went out there to go check it out, and he made it as far as New Bedford and said, I can tell right away it's just the way that the uh, airport beacon lights are playing off the clouds. So, but it was enough that people were pulled over on the side of 140 taking video of it. Oh, fantastic. Well, hopefully we'll hear something else on that tonight. That would be great. All right. Well, yep. as long as they don't grab you on your way home. When I came down... <laughs> That's right. When I came down 140 coming to the studio, I, I saw the lights, and I've seen them many times, just because it's this cloud cover tonight, so they've... And they kind of bounce off the clouds yeah. in different fashions. Right, right. Now, did, did, like, was there a color, or was there a movement to the, uh, the lights at all, or yeah, what was going on? Perfect circle. You know, yeah, they're going around just and around. like lights. The report, the report that I heard said that it was uh, a green, greenish whitish light, which Moni said, you know, that's the, the typical color, you know, of those lights. That's the way it would play off dense clouds. So, I thought well, it was, a, I thought it was a movie premiere. <laughs> hey, <laughs> in the Bridgewater Triangle. <laughs> I, I was going to say maybe it was okay. the, uh, you know, BSM went out and bought a, yeah. a billboard to promote the show or something. Yeah, yeah that'd be, <laughs> there you go. I wanted to hopefully, I uh, wanted to say hi to Jeff and. uh also, Chris and I know Linda's in there with you too. So, yeah, we have a uh, we have a full peanut yeah. gallery here tonight. Thanks, Eric. Excellent. Hey, Ben. While I get you on, now who who are the other teams that are out and what locations are they covering? Oh, we've got a we've got a ton of people. We've got Bay State Paranormal Society out at Anawan Rock. We have New England Paranormal Research uh, out in the Freetown State Forest. We have Spies uh, in the Hockamock Swamp area. Our buddy Mark uh, Colacusis is out behind the dog track. Uh, Whaling City Ghosts are out at Profile Rock. And uh, Matt Moniz and Andy Lake are out pretty much just shutting down the town of Rehoboth. <laughs> just doing their thing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's what they would have been normally doing on a weekend night anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. Now, the, uh, I know I sent you um, also one of the uh, EVPs that we captured from the Freetown State Forest last year. I don't know if you had a chance to, uh, to take a look at that. And I thought maybe Chris Balzolo um, would have found that maybe interesting. I don't know if you had a chance. I, I do have it on the computer. I think I, I'll play it for him probably after the show, but uh, what we might do is, because I want to bring all this evidence that people get tonight back on at a later date, so we'll probably just include it with that show as well. Okay. Sounds right. good. And thanks, Eric. Thank you for going out there. And, uh, you know, naturally, Eric and, and Dart, first group to respond when I put out the, the call for people to go out there. So, And uh, definitely check them out. You can find them on Facebook, right, Eric? Yes, sir. All right. So if you live in this area and need an investigation, check them out. All right. We'll check back with you in a little bit. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Have a good. Day. Stay safe. Bye. Yeah. We uh, we really uh, we really have a great bunch of people that we work with here on this show. You keep saying stay stay safe, which is nice, but um, it really it's cool. It adds an element of danger and drama to this whole thing. Like you know, they are in the middle of the woods or swamp at, at, in the middle of the night. Well, what I like to do is freak them out right at the last possible second yeah, yeah. as we're hanging up the phone. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, watch out behind you. Have a good one. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was just Next like, caller. I thought this was just radio drama here that we were playing this yeah, up. No, that was good. Well done. What's that noise? So, uh, I mean, Chris, you, you've been away from the <laughs> you've been away from the area for a while now. But of course, I'm sure these reports are still pouring into the Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads all the time. Uh, do you see any new trends in triangle activity? Um, the trend that I see, the new trend that I see, which isn't all that new, is um, p- 
people talking about old things that happened to them. Um, and it's really weird because I think when we originally talked, you wanted to do an all-inside investigation show. Um, and it's just not necessarily that kind of place because people have had their own experiences for decades, maybe inside their house that they don't live anymore, but it's not like a really like a tavern um, you know, kind of experience. And, and so what I'm getting still, you know, after all these years and, and now two years out, not even really talking that much about the Bridgewater Triangle and definitely not writing about it and not, you know, p- posting new stories, people still want to talk to me about what happened to them 20 years ago. Um, you know, sometimes an extended haunting that happened over years, sometimes it's a really weird yet very intense and stayed with the moment in their life. And I'll kind of take it in the context. What happens is 20 years later, they're still trying to look for an answer. They type in their town, all of a sudden Bridgewater Triangle pops up. So I think the popularity of it continues to give people kind of a platform to talk about something that they don't get. That's kind of like, much like a tick from the forest is kind of still uh, in their skin and still getting at them. But that's that's also the nature of any legend is that, you know, you've there has to be a catalyst. Something has to happen, something unexplained that someone tells to another person, and then you find there's backstory to support it. That's that's any legend whatsoever. So these people had an event, had something occurred decades ago, but now they start to hear all the hubbub, and they say, wow, well, that would explain why I had this thing. It's because this is a hot spot already. Then they talk about it, and that you're still throwing more logs in the fire. Right, right. It adds, the, adds to the kind of the whole this it, picture. It, like I said, the yeah. picture changes. It, you know, the Bridgewater Triangle is not a kind of set thing that we can examine as a as a finished product it's continuing to kind of have things happen but any legend continues that's that's the right. nature of it no legend is defined ever i mean you can't it's it's you can define it today but by tonight it'll be different and and so on because every time there's a new occurrence every time new information comes in whether something that debunks something you know like oh well that guy didn't die there he died two miles down the road it doesn't really matter the legend still exists mm-hmm. uh or new experiences that just add to that you know and, and i think having a place like the bridgewater triangle helps people because you know someone can say to them oh that didn't happen this and this and this didn't happen because we, you know we can kind of prove that it didn't because the area that you're living in you know there are planes flying overhead it's the logan pass and you know, these people still had a very, you know, emotional experience that stayed with them years later. And so having something like the Bridgewater Triangle, which kind of allows them to say, it's okay if you can't prove it. Tell us your story. You know, mm-hmm. talk about what happened um, and add to the kind of canon of what's going on is comforting. And and you were there. You experienced it firsthand of how, you know, when these legends get debunked, it doesn't stop them. When we did that little presentation uh, to the Freetown Historical Society, and you'd mentioned the ledge, and we found out that, you know, that quarry had only been built maybe less than 100 years right. before, but that didn't change the stories. The stories are still happening of people seeing these Native American spirits there, and they're still relating that same story, even though, you know, it's been in the newspaper, it's been on these airwaves that that's not the case. Right, and it leaves us kind of scratching our heads as to what might have caused it or why they – and so you just change your focus rather than changing the fact that it happened. You know, and, and we can really sidetrack this discussion if we're not careful, but it might be something for another time. But there's a lot of that belief of the fact that you can create these entities, that if enough people believe that they're there, they're there. And maybe as these legends keep building and they keep circulating over the years – Whatever's there just gains more strength and, and becomes a real thing. Yeah, Chris and I were actually talking about that today earlier. It's the, the notion of the tulpa. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just reading the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which is a real page turner if, <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have it yet. But uh, 
it's uh, the notion of the tulpa. It's a thought form, meaning that uh, if you believe in something, you give it power and strength, which is true. I mean, curses are real. As soon mm-hmm. as you believe in them, you know, uh, it becomes the focus. Bad luck charms or good luck charms, um, religious medals, that faith and belief in the thing uh, brings it into reality. You know, a, a cross is just a cross, but to a Christian who holds it sacred and believes it protects them or, or gives them some kind of divine guidance, it does. Uh, I mean, it does because they believe it and they they convert that belief and thought into reality and these legends are the same way. And, uh, you know, you guys have been telling me this stuff for years. If you've been writing about all these different haunts and all these different uh, types of activity that happen around here, and it wasn't until I started working on my project that I started to realize, you know, it really could be that case. The more that we talk about it and the more that we say that, you know, a place is haunted, the more it becomes that. And it's not, it's definitely not people just wanting to be part of the, the story. It's not people just wanting to try to, you know, say, oh, yeah, I heard that's haunted. But so. that is part of it, though. I don't want me to interrupt you, but mm-hmm. everyone wants to become part of the story. Even the skeptics that say, oh, no, I've explained it all away. I can prove that, you know, this person never lived there. That guy never died there. This person was never killed. There was no crime. They're trying to write the final chapter to the legend, and there can be nothing more egotistical than that to say, I am closing out this legend, you know, because I've explained it away. Like we said, it doesn't matter that the accident didn't occur there. The legend exists right there, right now, and people have experiences that reinforce it. And every person that goes to look for it, all of our people out in the field tonight, uh, people even listening by proxy, they're legend tripping and they want to become part of the story. They want to go to these places and say, I've heard all the stories. I don't think there's all that much to it. Still makes you part of the legend. Or go and say, holy cow, I saw something. And again, you're writing your own chapter into it. The example I always use is from the book White Noise, where these people found a barn and they thought it was absolutely beautiful, and they began to take pictures of it. And so many people did that; it became the most, pic- you know, the most photographed barn in the world. So then people stopped taking pictures of the barn because it was beautiful. They took a picture of it because it was the most, pic- you know, the most <laughs> photographed barn in the world. And that's that's the way the paranormal works. Sometimes it's no longer just. You know, it's haunted because you're there. It's haunted because you're experiencing it. It's haunting because you're experiencing it, not necessarily a paranormal occurrence, but you're experiencing the whole thing of it. And the Bridgewater Triangle, I think, has a lot of of that because, and yet it also kind of is confusing because a lot of people who don't know um, about the Bridgewater Triangle and have no context for it have these really intense experiences and then look to try to explain it. So it's that case of, you know, maybe the the, the legend kind of giving you the, the backstory you need and yet not necessarily causing it. Last weekend, I was in Long Island and with some paranormal people working on a project, and we had some downtime, and everybody just looked at each other and said, we have to go to Amityville. <laughs> and we did. And we went to Amityville, and we went to Ocean Avenue uh, looking for the Amityville Horror House. Uh, the street's been renumbered, but it doesn't matter. It's very easy to find. And this is, I mean, if you if I dropped you on this street, I mean, it's, it's on a lake. These are million-dollar homes. They're very close together, manicured lawns and everything. And I'm like, well, we got to take a picture of the house. But I feel like such a jerk, you know, until I saw in the span of the four minutes we were there, like two cars pull up, get out, take pictures of the house, stand in front of it waving and get back in the car. And all that you could just tell all the neighbors are just like they've been dealing with this for decades. You know, it's it's whether it's haunted now or not. I mean, the story is so powerful that people go there just to take a picture of it. And it, it wasn't really the the ghosts that you have to worry about now coming out of that place. It's the real estate agents because <laughs> they think you're there looking to buy. Oh, believe me, um, I was <laughs> I was with a friend and uh, uh, we had, we had talked. The house sold. Oh, um, already? But we wow. yeah, yeah, it sold pretty quick. But yeah. we had said, you know, if it was still for sale, we were ready to pose as a same sex couple, <laughs> a very wealthy and eccentric one. 
saying, you know, oh, can we just take a few pictures, you know, where we would put the drapes and stuff? That'd be super. Oh, but, a dry, we should put a dry sink right there. <laughs> yeah, this this would just be, oh, is this where they were killed? <laughs> Uh, don't mind that my. That would have been my, really interesting, given the friend too. Yeah, so. <laughs> don't mind my EMF meter. <laughs> we're, uh, we're gonna we're gonna turn the uh, red room in the basement into our wine cellar, <laughs> right? So, uh, well, uh, and we, you know, Chris, you mentioned that the other places you know are interested in the Bridgewater Triangle. It's something that's kind of gained national, international mm-hmm. attention. I remember hearing Lauren Coleman promoting the re-release of Mysterious America on Coast to Coast, and while he's talking about all these fascinating aspects of the book and all the different things that he's chased down over the years the conversation came to a complete stop when he started talking about the Bridgewater Triangle I mean George Norrie didn't want to talk about anything else right? and he was just fascinated by that idea and I think that that's something that you know we say every place has their little paranormal vortex but even so they may pale in comparison to what's going on in the Bridgewater Triangle and like I said it's so varied and like gets away from even you know what was you know, a whole bunch of investigators can sit in a room and talk about just real life things like, you know, the amount of mental health facilities that are kind of either in the triangle or right outside the triangle, um, the higher rate of teen suicide. These these are no. things that, that impact um, not only people who are into ghosts, but just your everyday life. It's, it's you know, you know something's off. It's not just the mental health facilities either that are there today, but look at all the right. facilities that they had and all the abuse that went on in those facilities. And I know that, you know, people might think that, the early days of mental health care, you know, abuse was just a natural go hand in hand with it, but that wasn't always the case. It definitely seems like in this area there was a higher rate of people abusing the patients in those facilities. Well, what's interesting is that the, all of the hospital, I shouldn't say all, a lot of the hospitals that were either established or kind of converted into uh, mental health facilities actually were some of the, the best that originally, some of the, the best and most original ideas that were out there at the time. Mm-hmm. And yet, like the Bridgewater Triangle has a tendency to do, they became twisted. Um, so, which of course, you know, it's hard to say because a lot of mental health facilities became that way. But they actually were some of the most uh, progressive for their time, and yet at some point they kind of switched and became something darker. I yeah. think they've reached a point where they tried all these new alternative methods of treating them, and when even that didn't work, they said, huh, let's just beat them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, the ice pick lobotomy was cutting edge at one point. <laughs> I mean, it seems so brutal now, but it was done quite a bit all around. And, uh, I, I just did one yesterday. Speaking of lobotomies, we'll check in with Matt Moniz and Andy Lake in a minute, but first, <laughs> let's call Wailing City Ghosts. We have uh, Luann and Renee uh, out there at Profile Rock, and we had mentioned you know, that they were uh, not quite at shotgun point, but they were close to that. And uh, Sorry, you don't have the number on your paper. Uh, poor man. Do I have it on mine? You don't have it on mine either. Here, hold on. This is uh, excellent show prep on my part. Call me. There you go. Yeah. Talk amongst yeah. yourselves. So, but they're they're out there, profile rock, and uh, and we should give out the call in. <laughs> I was trying to signal, maybe give out the call in number if people want to oh. join the discussion. If you've Absolutely. One eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. That's the outside the triangle number for a toll free call. Or five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred if you're brave enough to live within the boundaries. And let me give you Chris Balzano's cell phone, just cause. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm lonely and I have a long ride home, so. <laughs> <laughs> what you doing? And, uh, and of course, you can email us spooky crew at spookysouthcoast.com. Uh, definitely check out Massachusetts Paranormal Crossroads at masscrossroads.com. That's Chris's site. And ghostvillage.com. That's Jeff's site. Well, awesome. it started off as Jeff's, but he pretty much lost it to the paranormal community at this point. No, I, I'm, I'm happy to do so. There's so many people. Chris is doing the news for us, and there's so many others that are contributing now. It's, it's awesome to have the help. And the latest episode of 30-odd minutes is up. You can actually see Chris and Jeff interacting in person. And having seen it myself, it's something that you want to witness. 
<laughs> firsthand. So, yeah, you should have seen the pre-show. It was even better. So, <laughs> I, I was wondering. When, I was wondering as, as I was watching it. I, I wasn't sure if you were up yet. If you were here yet, I kept expecting the whole uh, you know walk from behind the screen type of thing, like the the Maury Povich and right, you know, right, reveal right. that you're his baby's daddy. So we should have done that. That would have been good. It would have been good, except you're in Florida. Well, yeah, we could have worked around that. Yeah, good talk. All right, so uh, we we have uh, we have. It looks like we have a call on the line, and we have Wailing City Ghost on the line. Take yep. the caller. Yeah, let's go to the caller first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Line one. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How you doing? Good evening. How are you? Oh, we're spooktacular. Very good. I was, uh, I'm a nurse and I had to do nurses training at Lakeville Hospital. Oh yeah. And there was a particular ward there with children that each child there had a very sad story. Either they were, uh, found in a pool and the dad tried to resuscitate the child or one was given medication and went into a coma. There was a sad story besides all of those children. I wondered if you had ever done any investigation at Lakeville Hospital. Uh, personally, we have not. We have tried. And I know other paranormal investigators who have connections within the hospital and have tried. Uh, that story, this is not the first time we've heard that story, uh, believe it or not. We've heard from a number of people who have worked there in the past that there are uh, a heavy dose of child spirits that are still roaming those halls. And I've even gone to the point of trying to pull up to the front gate with a $20 bill and a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee for the guy in the desk and still no go. Really? But, I mean, um, I'd, I'd love to get in there. And, I mean, if you could yeah, I mean, help there in were, there were There were children there that weren't children. I mean, um, they had spent their entire lives there. Uh, they had been turned away by their parents for their deformities or whatever. And it seems as though that's what legends are born of. There's a story mm. behind something. And Always, I was just, yeah. I was just curious. Even even when you were there and you were working there, were there stories about spirits roaming the halls? Because I've heard stories that the, yes. the place was considered haunted then. Yes. And yeah. they were very creepy to me then. Uh, not so much now, but um, especially the drowning, the, especially the the um, the drowning victims. L- let me ask you a question. Do you have uh, Do you have email? Do you have the internet? No, I don't. Okay. Well, do me a favor. Uh, sometime before the show or after the show, give me a call because I'd like to talk with you a little bit more about your experiences there and find out some more stuff. Okay. That would be excellent. All right. Thank you. Have a great show. Thank you. Thanks and, for calling. Thank unfortunately, the, the hospital is about to get torn down, too, sometime in the near future. Is, you know, it's prime real estate there for developing. and I've heard rumors of a shopping plaza and all kinds of different things. So it'll be interesting to see if those spirits carry through to the new construction as they almost always do right but what's funny we, we were talking about this earlier too the whole idea of belief language when it comes to folklore and legend and um you know you've got uh you've got the wrong context right so let's say they put in a walmart you know and uh they go yeah it's a haunted walmart it was built in 2011 <laughs> you know <laughs> right right in the aisle near the diapers there's a ghost that's seen and, and it's 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 it becomes unbelievable because of the context of the story and we're going to see a lot more of that happening uh, as as these sites get plowed over and like Danvers Hospitals turned into condominiums, Foxborough has been turned right, into right. something. Yeah. And you know, I was reading again. I was rereading uh, Ghosts of the Bridgewater Triangle, and I I must not Who wrote have that book by the way, Christopher Balzani. Oh, right. You, you <laughs> right can, here. You can order <laughs> it through uh, MassCrossroads.com. But I might not have mentioned to you, or I might not have known at the time, but I heard later on about how the New England Patriots used to practice on the grounds of the school when they were building yeah. Gillette Stadium, and they all. 
told stories about how they would see things in the windows and they were ghosts there that would freak them out. And you know, we're talking about big 300-pound offensive linemen that are running running for the hills. Right on. All right. So why don't we take Luann's call real quick so that they can get back to investigating, and then we can take this phone call. So caller, just hang on just a moment because uh, we have Luann from Whaling City Ghosts on. And uh, Luann, so the original location didn't quite work out. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, no, we can't actually get into that location because it's private property and the owners were not home to actually give us permission to walk back there, so we did have to uh, leave. Um, but we are here at uh, Profile Rock now, and it looks like we're getting some pretty strong hits on the K2. Um, and I am utilizing the Hack Shack, which um, I actually have been getting some females here. Um, and what we're wondering is if maybe they're the girls from the Freetown State Forest, like uh, Karen Marston and Doreen Levesque. Um, so I am back and forth off of the Hack Shack, um, trying to see if I can verify that. Um, we also have something that has a very strong, scary voice um, that has been talking on there um i am recording this so i'm i'm hoping i can pull that out of there um, you're hearing it audibly or this is an evp um no this is in the hack shack there is oh, something oh, oh. um that actually th- sounds kind of threatening actually um so we're telling that to leave <laughs> you know it'd be funny like uh, for those who don't know that the, the shack hack is is uh, or also known as frank's box for the guy frank sumption who built it it's more or less if you've ever been in your car and hit the scan button, that's what it is, except every half second or so, it's always scanning to the next station. And the idea is you ask questions and uh, what are the odds that you could get a, a full sentence response. But what's cool is maybe what's coming through the shack hack is partly us because yeah, we're doing the Spooky South Coast on WBSM, AM 1420. You guys have some threatening voices? Yes, we do. We're going to kill you all. I'll eat your soul. Yeah. Uh, stay away from profile you know, rock. Lot, but I've heard a lot of people. A lot of people have come down on on the shack hack and said, you know, that it is just random radio waves. But I've seen you use it, Luann, in person, and I've seen you get involved in full fledged conversations back and forth with these spirits. With and, it, and it's not just random radio signals. It's an actual conversation. Well, you know, it is really kind of a hard thing to debate. But I mean, you know, I. have very forthcoming with sharing my evidence and I mean some of these things are full sentences like when I took it out in that graveyard that your listener um, Standing Stones had actually I guess had kind of like a psychic experience while we were in the chat room and he saw um, a cemetery that I have actually been in he he described it to a T and he told me that there is a spirit there that needs to communicate with me now the hit that I got on the hack check there, I mean, I got some small ones, but you tell me how it said to me in the same male voice, before you come back here, was it all worth it? I don't see how it can be possible to get a complete sentence like that in the same voice. With the amount There's of frequencies so that it's many scanning frequencies over. Yeah. being scanned through, you know, things like that. Um, really really do and and sometimes it, it seems like it's answering me back you know like i'm here tonight and it is a very spooky night out here in the woods i must say well, we arranged it that way oh you uh, did you, you know I, great you've I, got I, some connections in high places don't you or low <laughs> <laughs> one of the things oh, i oh, uh, boy. <laughs> we're in trouble now 
Um, but, you know, it, it seems almost sometimes like it is speaking back. You know, how many spirits are here? Many is what they're telling me. Um, and it is very difficult to get this female voice to be able to understand her. She's, she's very soft-spoken. And that also doesn't seem like something that's coming off of the radio. These, these frequencies that are coming through, when, when they come through, they're strong. And, and these females are coming through almost in whispers very, very softly. So I'm hoping, you know, when I go over the recording that maybe I can pull that out of there, maybe amp it up a little bit to be able to understand them. Sure. You know, one of the arguments I always uh, have against the uh, the shack hack, which I think is amazing, and I've, I've used it a few times, and, you know, we... It's we not that amazing. Ones. It's a radio that's broken. I always remember a, uh, an old episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway, back in the British days, where they had Jonathan Price on. And his kind of like gig for that like little part of the show was he had to open up this book randomly. It was like the play of uh, Robin Hood. And someone had to talk to him, and he had to literally put his finger down and just read the line in the book and for this random page and respond. And it was funny how many <laughs> – it was funny because it was who line was it anyway. It was um, uncanny how many times it actually fit or you could make it fit with what the other person had just been talking about. And so there is a randomness to this that's kind of like, oh, right, maybe it's talking to us. And yet, you know, our minds kind of form those things and can make those connections very quickly Kind of like if you add, if you know what I mean, after anything, it becomes sexual. (laughs) Or, you know, in bed after, you know. Right. That's a a very nice microphone you have there, Chris Baldano. If you yeah. know what I mean. If you, <laughs> well, <laughs> See? My favorite, one of my favorite Shack Hack stories, and Jeff, Jeff was there. We were at the Fearing Tavern in Wareham, and we're using the thing up in the attic, and it's calling him by name. And it's like, Jeff, Jeff. And we're like, Jeff, it's calling you. Jeff, Jeff. And it comes out, he's like, what? And it doesn't say anything for a minute, so he starts walking away, and it's like, Jeff, Jeff Belanger. Jeff Belanger, like calling him yeah. by his full name, and then he's like, eh, take a message. And he's walking away. <laughs> I, I can't be bothered. I need direct communication. It, it, actually, it actually said Belanger. The point too, you know, is when when I hear game. my name coming through this thing, my game. name is really not very common at yeah. all. Yeah. You know, you might hear it on Spooky South Coast every now and then, but it's, or King it's of the Hill. Not, uh, <laughs> King of the Hill. Yeah, that too. Bobby, um, I'll tell you what. That's Lord. not something I expect to hear through the radio, and you know, I've got my name enough times on the Hack Shack to. Mm-hmm fill up a book, um, but that's another thing that it did tonight. It did say Luann. All right. So, well, we'll and definitely... then saying hi, so say hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely check Jeff. in with you. I think we're going to go a little bit later here, so we'll call everybody through for another round. Okay. And, if you, and if you guys want to call us, call us back. The number is, I don't know. <laughs> What's the call-in number? I think number? it's 996-0500. Have I called you guys a few times? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you got it there. It's also one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Sorry, I was just a little bit uh, uh, caught off guard here by a, a text that we just got from John Brightman. Uh, so we're gonna go on. We got we got to take another call here, Luann. But uh, we'll definitely check back in. Okay, we're out here. All right, and thanks. hopefully we'll still be here when you call back. <laughs> All right, thanks. Bye bye. Bye. Stay safe. All right, let's go to this one. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Uh, how are you doing? Yes, I was just uh I just tuned in and I was very curious as to uh this this Bermuda or uh or Bridgewater Triangle. Could you go into a little bit more detail about that? Yeah, we'll start over. 
I might have missed it. I just tuned in. I mean, well, I've, I've never heard of it. I've grown up in this area my whole life, and I've never heard about it, and it's fascinating. Chris, if you want to field that. Uh, sure, I think it's it's a it's an area of south uh, eastern Mass, um, which kind of stops at at Freetown and uh, and Rehoboth, kind of in, in more in this area. So, people who are outside of that area might not have, um, you know, in the surrounding towns, might not have kind of been as in touch with it. Um, but within this area, and so within really, you know, the the southeastern part of this state into Rhode Island. Um, there's just a, uh, there's more kind of instances of these really odd occurrences, be they, uh, paranormal experiences with ghosts or, or, uh, the kind of demonic forces that are out there, whether it's UFO sightings or Bigfoot sightings or, or other kind of cryptozoological things like giant pterodactyls. Come so on. it's, it's this area of where more people are reporting it. Really? Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, every area, of the country and of the world has these kind of stories and you know they have cynics that happen but the 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 number of ones that happen in this area make you at least have to kind of start asking some questions so whether you believe it or you don't believe it, it's not really as important as wait a minute what's kind of going on here why are so many people in this one area which is kind of its own paranormal experience you know in and of itself just to have so many people experiencing something even though it's you know it's something different um, you have to start asking the question, you know, is this, does this stuff kind of stuff exist? And even if it doesn't exist, why would so many people from an area kind of have this stuff? Exactly. And, then, and yeah. then, of course, then how does that connect to these other kind of odd things that happen there? Like we were talking about um, mental health disorder and, and teen suicide and traffic accidents and fatal car traffic accidents. and Cult crimes. And, and yeah, and then, of course, you have, you know, the, the we haven't even touched upon that at all, but the the number of cults that kind of find their way into this area as well. I remember the one in Freetown Forest a long time ago when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, some girl got, her, um, uh, I guess, tied up to a tree or something. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a really good book about that called Dark Woods, Cult Crime, and the Paranormal <laughs> in the Freetown State Forest. By Christopher Balzano. <laughs> but, you know, and if, if you hurry up, he's got a few in the trunk. <laughs> and it's actually, that's a really interesting case because in that case, the person... Um, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be in Coleman's kind of defined uh, triangle, but that person came outside of the triangle, what was the kind of the, the known triangle there, to, to come to Freetown. You know, they came to the triangle to dump the body, and then, of course, the if you extend it beyond that, uh, he was arrested and served time for the same exact crime uh, years before, and oddly enough, once again, in an area of high cult activity. So these things do happen. Just give us a second here. We have to pause 10 seconds for station identification so that we don't uh, break the law here. First with local news, talk, and sports, this is WBSM New Bedford, Citadel Broadcasting, AM 1420, WBSM. We were cutting that one close. I, uh, I didn't know where we were. Thank you for that. Well, it's, uh, it's the law. We're required to run it once an hour, and we were getting dangerously close to missing it. So I don't have any money for any FCC fines. So we, we did lose the caller there, but uh, there you do have an idea of what we're talking about, and we are going to continue checking in with our groups. Right now, let's check in with Matt Moniz and Andrew Lake. Uh, They're out there in Rehoboth, and I know that uh, you got it. That's the one. Should we give it out over the air? 508. <laughs> but uh, they're out there in Rehoboth trying to check out uh, both the Shad Factory Pond and the, uh, the Palmer River Burial Ground, I believe, is where they were heading. Yep, and uh, so they're going to be checking in with us in a minute. Then we'll kind of go through all the groups again. Uh, we did have an interesting report coming out from, of the Freetown State Forest with John Brightman, so we'll talk with him about that in a few minutes. Uh, it's, it sounds really good. 
And uh, also, I just want to share a few emails that we've been getting during the course of the show. Uh, Grace said that one of the roads in the Triangle's darkest woods, after riding for a while, two lights came at us so bright we had to look away. We waited for a big car or truck to go by, and nothing ever did, so we looked around and got the hell out of there. Mad trucker of Copacut Road. Except it probably wasn't Copacut Road. And, and she also mentions uh, that in near Anawan Rock, uh, she's heard several... Uh, she's had several experiences there, including giggling and ghostly noises around the rock. So there's that huh. could be the puckwudgies, the giggling. What about I was going to say, I haven't heard the giggling before, so that's interesting. Because uh, it's kind of a sad place, really. It would be for me. Yeah, we, we normally associate it with the spirits of the Native Americans who surrendered there, but... Let's just surrender. It'll be fine. We won't do anything to you. No big deal. Yeah. Trust us. Trust us. By the way, <laughs> while you're out there, Bay State Paranormal, Can I have that belt find, yeah, if you find the wampum belt, we offered a reward of... Uh, Pizza and beer. So we'll, we Which will reward you with that. As good a reward as you could ever get. Because if you got money, you'd turn that into pizza and beer anyway. Sure, absolutely. Well, I spoke to uh, an anthropologist uh, in Rhode Island who was a Native American, and she said that she's pretty sure that it's... Name dropper. That it's... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I didn't, I didn't name her. <laughs> oh, right. But uh, she was actually a guest in the program, and she said she's pretty sure that uh, we know, it Tim, did end up in England. So. You, ro- you roll with some highfalutin people. I do. Professors and yeah. doctors. Talking and, to Dr. So-and-so. Of, uh, yeah, he failed me out of his class. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look where I am now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got Matt Moniz on the line. Yep. All right. Matt, uh, so you're out there in Rehoboth, and, and I know that you were also going to keep an eye to the skies, too, and it seems like everybody's uh, saying that it was definitely the airplane, uh, the airport lights that was being mistaken as the as the UFO, but you know some of that video is going to end up on YouTube and end up on the Channel 5 News or something. Well, it uh, one part of it is from the New Bedford Airport. There's also a big, like, Cleek uh, light in downtown uh, center of Fall River that's also adding into it too so yeah john john brightman mentioned that he saw that one too so it's just a conflux of weird lights and we were hoping it was the ufo we're hoping they were coming down to listen to the bridgewater triangle investigation show but i guess they're just gonna have to get it on podcast could it have been the bat signal maybe hmm i don't know well i don't mean to throw another theory into it it could have also it could have been the civitron symbol too somebody should check in the civitron and see if he's out and patrolling the streets. i think there actually should be a bat type signal for moniz It'll be that Terry Garofalo drawing of you from uh, Entities R Us. How about that, huh? You know you've made it. Yeah, uh, when, when you've you, been you, lampooned in a comic strip. When you're in a comic strip. You're yeah. now uh, amongst the world of Calvin and Hobbes. Still waiting Sweet. for that day. Sweet. So now I'm going to start to see like Jeff Belanger cartoon pictures of him pissing on a Ford symbol. <laughs> I'll put one on the back of my Although my old, old students did make very interesting drawings of me, which weren't really flattering, but, you know... That's kind of the closest I've been to being. <laughs> you should see one more lives in a comic strip. <laughs> so uh, what's going on out there, Matt? I know you wanted to hit uh, Shad Factory Pond and the Palmer River Burial Ground. Did that, that work out? Uh, we got to the uh, Palmer River Burial Ground. Couldn't get to the Shad Factory because the bridges are out. So uh, yes, Andy no. and I had to do all of this uh, running around Rehoboth. We also did the 44 from Seekonk up and... Uh, Looking for the red-headed hitchhiker, but we're unable to find them. So I knew it. The, the noise they heard walking around in the woods near Anawan Rock was you. <laughs> was you, did, you did mention money. It totally could have been him. And his Bigfoot mode. I've been, uh, I've been out of the loop. What's, uh, what's up with the uh, roads in Rehoboth? Uh, they're not bad, but there's uh, the bridge by the um, Shad Factory and all of that is out. So we had to 
do all kinds of detours. You missed the best part of it, man. If you would, you would have been promoting a book at the worst possible time if you were out there <laughs> doing it just like two or three weeks ago. Because uh, all those spring rains, uh, yep. like every road in Rehoboth, Freetown, Lakeville, almost every one of them had portions of it shut down. That's crazy. Due to flooding. I, I actually went to go uh, with some family to check out a couple of sites, and everywhere we tried to go, we ran into a, a police you know, stopping us and telling us we had to turn around unless we lived there. So, Actually, the first time I investigated the Freetown State Forest, off of the parking lot from Copica Road, everything was washed out, and we got about 50 yards in, and we're like, uh, let's just... Like pretend something happened because this is not working out for us. Even though like we had driven the two hours to get there, so yeah, they should post that stuff up on uh, masscrossroads.com. You know when they have bridges out and roads out, you sh- you should be up to date with that. Yeah, yeah I'm really sure. traffic and yeah. legends yeah, from Lee, Every County, hour on from the Lee hour. County, Florida. I'm going to uh, <laughs> keep you up to date on what's going on <laughs> in you know obscure towns in Massachusetts. But it's like the guys that call in after the Red Sox games to sports radio to let people know that there's a traffic backup. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the worst when they give you that when they give away the uh, the good workarounds. Like, yeah, uh, that that only locals know. You're like, no, don't give that away. Like yeah. Service Road on on the side yeah, of Cape yeah. Cod. No, everyone knows or the Cape Cod Tunnel. I'll still get, still get the permit. So, uh, so Matt, uh, now, you've been out there plenty of times, and I know that you've had lots of experiences out there. Does it seem, seem like anything is uh, more active than usual? or? Well, I was noticing a light anomaly, and, it's, I mean, Andy and I saw, you know, fireflies, and we made note of that as we were doing EVP recordings, but I saw what looked like a vertical column of light in the back corner just go from one spot to another. Uh, unfortunately, Andy wasn't able to see it. I couldn't find any other explanation for it, like car headlights or anything. It was just something I visually noticed. And um, I know that the history of the cemetery has talked about, you know, people seeing things in the back corner. And I can't say it was something definitely, but it was definitely human height. And it was a light that was uh, off-white in color, and it was quick, brief. I don't know if uh, it's anything earth-shattering, but it was just oh. definitely something I caught. All right, well, why don't you uh, head back here so you can join the uh, the post-game celebration, and uh, we will we will find out when you get back if anything else happened. All right, I'll All right. see you guys when I get there. All right, thanks. And uh, we'll, if you happen to run into the red-headed hitchhiker, tell him, you know, there's pizza for him, too. Okay, cool. All right, see you later. Bye. I love you, Matt. <laughs> I do. We all love Matt. That's Williams. not platonic either. I'm not shy. <laughs> Putting it right down. I wonder if any of our people, uh, I, I just got a text message. Uh, looks like uh, there's activity that's happening out there. Also curious if anyone's had any police run-ins. <laughs> I, I know that the Whaling City Ghost said that they had actually alerted the Freetown police that they were going to be out there, um, which hopefully a lot of people did And anyway, and you should always do. Yeah. Uh, I I suppose I should probably come up with some sort of form letter every year when we do this to alert them all ahead of time. It's not like I didn't know we were doing it this week because Chris let me know he was coming up and we said we got to do it that week. I, I think a wise man once said it's easier to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Well, well that's probably true, too. <laughs> all right, why don't we do a, one last round through all of yeah. the teams and then we'll wrap things up. Uh, next week we'll be back on – I think we're going to waiting for the Sox next week, but then in July – but for most of July, we're going to have all these alternating shows where uh, we're going to be able to get on in our regular time a couple of weeks, and we might be on prime time one week. I know Jeff's going to come back and tell yep. us about the new book. 
Uh, Chris, actually, we were goofing around online not that long ago, and he came <laughs> up with a great idea for a show that I think we're going to do somewhere along the lines as well. And Naked Twister? That's much a radio show, that's, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. more of a video gotcha. kind of thing. Right. But uh, I, it's Tim and, and I arm wrestle. Actually, uh, you know, Indian wrestling <laughs> for two hours to see if who nobody is. moves. But uh, and uh, I did, I did speak with somebody that I was very excited about this past week. Uh, one of the legendary names of chronicling the paranormal in this area, and Matt Moniz is out there in his stomping grounds right now, and we're going to have him on coming up in. Probably the late summer, early fall, depending on his schedule. So, very excited about that, and uh, maybe uh, maybe we can get him back writing about this stuff because he's he's been telling me he's been working a lot in the anthro- anthropology field. So, be interesting to bring that perspective into it. Another anthropologist, huh? <laughs> dropping <laughs> another more career dropping. <laughs> Tim Weisberg's big of the anthropologist yeah. uh, community. I do, there I do, go. I do like a good anthropologist. Yeah, who does? You know, and we had talked about kind of ac- uh, attacking another really cursed area of Massachusetts, of uh, you know uh, um, Essex County, and seeing if we could kind of maybe start kind of looking at that and seeing if wait a minute, you know, is, is there like a little mini triangle going on there, or at least like kind of cursed territory there? So it's. But but seriously, it's hold on. It's if, definitely feeding. If you focus on any area, could you fall into the trap of saying, like, oh, let's go look at Fairhaven? Well, actually, that's what we'd kind of like to do is look at that and say, can we now look at that, look at the history of it, because it's got such history and it's got these things that really stand out as big occurrences. Let's try to compare that to the to, to the Bridgewater Triangle and see if the right. Bridgewater Triangle does stand up as yeah. this area or if... You know, if maybe I'll put my triangle up against your triangle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, you know starting to research the Tampa Triangle, so you know, I'm right. ready to throw down. Right. Well, you've got the Savoy Hotel, so <laughs> you're uh, you've already got the the place where you can have the ghost tours. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Let's just go right. To the, we, we don't have time to put them on hold. Hey, Mark and Easton, how you doing? Hey, Mark, how you doing? Sorry, we've we're been good. we've been kind of lax and getting through to everybody here, but uh, we're working on we're working on getting everybody on before the end of the show. So That's thank- it. I'm sure you get a lot of teams out there. Thank you for calling. Oh no problem. Um, we're at the uh, right at the paranormal crossroads there for Chris Balzano. Right at the Hockamock um, <laughs> Swamp, the abandoned railroad to the high tension wires. We set up the K2 meter facing north on the abandoned railroad, right at the perimeter of where we are, and it's been steady, just one light green all night. Now all of a sudden, we have two over there now, and they're all steady at three lights up to the yellow. Hmm. Interesting. K2, of course, being an EMF meter and uh, looking for electromagnetic forces. And Interesting. What would be going on there at this hour? I mean, these There could be nothing yeah. electric. We're, we're, it's, it's at a set that's been dead flat all night long, Jeff. Yeah. But all of a sudden it's green, and then we asked it to come closer, and it spiked up a little bit more once. Wow. Interesting. So now uh, I, I know that the... Area back there, it's heavily wooded. Uh, there is, uh, it, it's not really an easy access thing for there to be a lot of people around. I mean, you're going to know if there's anybody else out there with you. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the sound will carry through here a lot. And you can hear a lot of sticks breaking, that sort of thing, at the uh, edge of the grass nearby. You know, the edge of the foliage. <clears throat> I tried. Um, I did a tour out here with Matt Moniz. He showed me to, you know, bang the trees for some kind of cryptid. Uh, you know the hawk monster that they've seen or whatever and i got no results from that but i was banging rocks banging trees trying to make noise that way i didn't get anything on that so far this is about it is activity so far but it's it's an unusually still night out i've been up here a bunch of times at night and there's no air movement there's nothing moving around 
there isn't even the airplane traffic that you usually hear or see. It's Unusually quiet. This See, it's, it's weird because we've got people only a few miles away from you that are seeing tons of airplanes. Really? Well, yeah. we have a lot of cloud cover, but we'd at least hear the engines. And there's not even that. Oh, kind of weird. You might have slipped off somewhere there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. I'll tell you, one, one, one uh, paranormal encounter you'll have behind the old dog track is the uh, hopes of the ghost of my hopes and dreams when I used to go there and put $2 down on a race and expect <laughs> to walk out a millionaire. Yeah, we found a bunch of money that had the letter T on it, but we we just left it there. I guess yeah. that was yours. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that there's, uh, I'm sure out there somewhere there's a, a weird shack built out of old betting slips. Uh, that's where I'll end up living somewhere. Or a very rich dog owner because of you. <laughs> I can tell you. Oh, and, and not only that, not only were they good at racing, they tasted delicious afterwards. Uh, there so, you go, especially in a spit. Let, yeah. let me tell you, Mark. The uh, the chat room, although there's there's a number of people in there, it's a little bit lonely there without you. So. Yeah, I, I was going to say, without Luann, me, and Craig out there playing around on it, there's really not going to be a lot of conversation. We, we have a lot of our regular chat room people out in the field, so, hey, it's all right, Go. you you got to get away from the computer once in a while. And exactly, no, it's a lot more fun to actually do it than just hear about it. Absolutely. That's well, it's about. thank you for you checking know, in. I, I've had all the books from Jeff Bozano and Chris Bozano. I did a whole Jolie thing there. And, um, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, because the one time you're both in studio, I'm out here in the field, you know? No, well, we'll come uh, right out to you. Sometime I'll get them. Stay put. We'll find you. <laughs> sure, you will. If you want, All we right. can lock them in a closet, too. <laughs> there All you right. go, yeah. Thanks, He's Mark. In the closet? Is that what you said? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not go that far. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I don't know what they call you, Chris or Jeff. Sorry. All right. So funny. Thank, All thanks, right. Mark. And we'll, let us problem. know if you catch anything, and, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. That's not the first Absolutely. time that's happened. Absolutely. Take care, guys. So. Which is funny that if was, uh, can actually Mark we, out we there. look like Abbott and Costello, so it's really you know there's hey, no way Abbott. to kind of yeah to, to separate. You know, it's really interesting if you're going to do something in an investigation in the triangle. What do you bring? You know, if you go to do the Hawkmoth Club, what do you? <laughs> other our, than books. our book is a reference guide available on Amazon. I mean, and that's kind of the you know the frustrating thing, but also the interesting thing is like, are you looking for a Bigfoot tonight, or are you looking for a zombie tonight, or are you looking for a Pakwaji tonight? Mark that down. Or are you looking for a yeah. ghost tonight? You know, it's it's kind of like Ding. how do you <laughs> investigate? It's really kind of this well, like shotgun approach you have to take, unless once again you're following a story that you've heard from someone, or you're following a legend of an area, or you know, but for an inexperienced person who just wants to kind of touch the supernatural, what do you possibly bring as an investigative tool to something that has so much? But that's legendary. He's an investigative tool when he raises his hand. <laughs> right, definitely. Yeah. You are a tool. You are an investigative tool. <laughs> I, I mean that. I'm with you. <laughs> um, no, but the whole thing, I mean, that's legend tripping. That's the idea of just going in and bringing yourself, saying, you know, I'm seeing what I can see. I'm, I'm taking pictures of where I'm at. It's it's um, paranormal tourism to a degree, but what if you feel something? What if you see something? What but, if you experience and, it? And, you know, we always, we, we kind of condone group sometimes for having all these specialists within their group you know i'm the cryptozoologist of the group i'm the exorcist of the group i'm you know we always say that there's these these roles that might might be unnecessary but when you're attacking something like this you know maybe you do need those people that have that focus and when you go out there okay your job is to look for strange creatures and your job is to look for ufos but that's one of the that's one of the fundamental problems with what's going on out there today i remember a couple of years ago talking to a guy from mufon mutual ufo network um, you know, the largest civilian uh, network of UFO researchers in the world, talking to this guy in, in uh, Chicago. And he said, well, yeah, we went on this case, and it was an abduction case. It was really interesting. And then they started talking about, well, we also think our house is haunted. And he said, oh, well, you know, we don't do that. We're just, we're just the aliens. And I'm sitting there going, dude, <laughs> you know, 
this is and this is one of the problems that I think you know years ago, decades ago, Brad Steiger and you know all these folks they looked into everything. Mm-hmm. You know there was no limit. I mean you, you and one of the things one of the traps you can fall into. This is one of the biggest problems with with demonologists, right? Demonologists wear demonology glasses and they see the world through demonology eyes, and so they're looking for demons and often they find them. Often they're wrong. <laughs> you know, let me just throw that out there. And so if you're if you're the uh, the ghost specialist, you're going to be looking through ghost colored glasses and trying to put a ghost angle on whatever phenomena you find. I mean, we we need to really open up and and, and you know look for answers on a much bigger you know bigger scale than what we've been doing. And and the Bridgewater Triangle is somewhere where those lines are going to blur anyway. They're blurry already, and that's what's so great about this. You know, we're not if you're going to a ghostly hotspot where everybody reports hauntings and ghosts. Okay, it's pretty obvious what you're looking for, but Bridgewater Triangle, you know, um, and everybody comes to it from such a different approach. Some people want to look for Bigfoot. Some people think Bigfoot is a you know just a, a North American ape that we haven't categorized. It's rare and elusive, and so. They want to track it the same way you'd track a deer or anything else. Other people think it's a, you know, it's a paranormal being or it's even an alien. I mean, you know, the, the theories are everywhere. And so that's one of the traps we can all fall into. I, I don't know. The more I've been getting into this kind of stuff, the more I want to pull back and say, let's just see what it is. Like, mm-hmm. don't, don't try to apply a label to it just yet. Let's just see what the, uh, the symptoms are before we, we label it. Cause for all we know, they're out there tracking down the ghost of a, Bigfoot coming off of a UFO, <laughs> right. hanging out with a puckwudgie. Finally, we come to the. Uh, we, yeah, I mean, come to the payoff. When I when I first started investigating the areas of the Bridgewater Triangle, before I knew it was a Bridgewater Triangle, before I even like kind of found Chris Pittman's writings on it, um, it was that same kind of thing. Like weird things are happening. Let's just go see what's going on. And through that, we were able to start kind of communicating with people because we didn't push people away that had their stories to tell about something that we didn't necessarily agree with. You're like, oh, UFOs, well, all right, we'll talk to someone else about that. I just want to know about, have you heard about the red-headed hitchhiker? Mm-hmm. Um, we're able to kind of amass all this stuff and, in presenting it, ask people, is this what you experienced and, you know, is it maybe, you know, that abduction thing that you had, maybe that could be something else or vice versa, so. you got a pretty mouth. Oh, Thank speaking you of much. abduction, let's check in with some of these groups. Hopefully they're still out there. Uh, we're getting tons of uh, text now here. Uh so let's 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 call Bay State Paranormal first. Then we'll call New England Paranormal Research. Then we'll check in with spies, and then we'll check in with Railing City Ghosts and Dart. We're gonna kind of lightning round this. Over and while you're doing that, I'd just like minutes. to say hello to Katie and Johnny who texted me that they're listening tonight. So Aww. just throw something out to them. Thank one you. of the one of the most interesting uh, personal hauntings of the uh, of the Bridgewater Triangle. So. To say hello to them. And, you know, we might as well, when we do these shows, we might as well include them as part of the investigative <laughs> group because they don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> they don't have to go anywhere. Right. They can just What's going home? on in your house right now? Yeah. And uh, actually, Katie, please do me a favor. Shoot me an email, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com, uh, so that we can talk coming up in the next week or two. So I need to uh, need to pay them a visit. Hmm. Interesting. So he's like, yeah, you're ripping off my book. <laughs> 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 oh, all right. Okay. I see what you're doing. <clears throat> I've got some really good pictures if you need them. <laughs> well, then you can see <laughs> Who <these> doesn't? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we've got Bay State Paranormal on the line. Are we talking to Linda Marie or Charlene? Do you know, Matt? Huh? We'll find out. Charlene. Charlene. Hi, Charlene. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, we're we're doing very well. We're not uh, we're not getting eaten up alive like you guys probably are. Well, you know what? Actually, the bugs aren't really bothering us at all. We doused ourselves with bug spray, and we're doing really good. I mean, they're circling us and <laughs> kind of stalking oh, us, I, but yeah, except for the one that went up Linda Marie's nose. So you should have sprayed some <laughs> up her nose. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. hot. <laughs> 
But uh, so you guys are getting some stuff going on out there? Well, for the most part, it's really, it's quiet. Um, but a while ago, I mean, there have been a couple times that it sounds like there's walking around us. And at one point, it, something pretty large was thrown. Caught us off guard. Hmm. What was so, I mean, was it like a rock or did it land near you? It wasn't real close near us, but it was coming toward us. Hmm. You know, it wasn't like it didn't come and land right next to us or anything, but it was, um, it wasn't anything that fell from the, yeah, it was aimed at us. It didn't come from the trees. It didn't fall because it, like, knocked a few things over on its way. Very interesting. Yeah. And that's yeah. a great example of what we were just talking about. There's a noise. What could possibly be that noise? If you're a paranormal investigator and you think it might be a ghost, you know, you're going to evaluate that differently. So mm-hmm. keep an open mind out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've been sitting here, um, just taking in the environment and listening to all the noises and, um, you know, looking around and, and it's, it's hard to hear every noise with all the cars going by. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, there's a lot of noises, which I'm sure animals, things falling from the trees, but that one noise was something thrown. Be safe out there. Oh, we're definitely safe. We're, um, Linda Murray's Oh, so she's my bodyguard. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'll know they're yeah. coming a few minutes before it happens. So. It'll take them a while to eat you, and then I can run. <laughs> well, no, we have a bat with us, too. So, you know, while she's taking one of them out, I can, like, knock the other one out. <laughs> there you go. That works. And it's legal. <laughs> we, we are prepared. We went right. to Walmart first. They have machetes there for six eighty-eight. <laughs> That's what I love about Walmart. <laughs> I, have, back. I have, like, three of those six eighty-eight machetes. Yeah. Do you really? We're rolling oh, yeah. back prices on everything. <clears throat> not at Walmart's in Florida, though, because I, I was trying to buy a machete the other day, and they did for, not have for one. the Everglades? For dead trees in my yard that become a horrible was, gardener. But, right, I was trying yeah, to give but, you an alibi in case okay, uh, yeah. anything goes wrong. Well, right, well, that's right. I mean, we're out in the woods, so you know it only makes sense to have a machete sure. and a baseball bat. <laughs> I always <laughs> have one. Nice. But we have um K2 meter uh, going. Nothing has uh, set it off yet. I have my recorder. Um, I have a little ball that if it moves, it lights up. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's still very quiet. Right. K2 meter, very popular tonight. Notice everybody's uh, using it. Is, it is. I want, uh, I think we need some residuals from, from Chris Fleming here. So. <laughs> right. All right, well, thank you for uh, going out there and hanging out for us tonight. Uh, BayStateParanormalSociety.com is the website. And, of course, if you guys get any good evidence, you can always just email it to us and we'll, we'll present it here on the show. Absolutely. All right. Thanks very much, Charlene right. and Linda Murray. Thanks, ladies. Bay State Paranormal Society. They're out there at Anawan Rock. And uh, now let's uh, call New England Paranormal Research, John Brightman, out there in the Freetown State Forest. Again, we're going to kind of lightning round through these so we can wrap things up before we start having to pay extra airtime here to the station. I promise I won't ask any questions. <laughs> Feel free to ask. <laughs> no, no. Anyway. I'm not even paying attention. We just, <laughs> are we still on the air? We are. Oh, we are. And, oh, uh, and and John actually sent me a text a little while ago uh, saying that there was some interesting stuff going on. So uh, this sounds really good because it sounds like he might get himself in trouble here. I hope he uh, made sure that he let people know that he was going out there. You didn't even have to put him on hold. Just put him right on the air. All right, John, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right, and, and I got Is your text a little while ago that said there was some uh, interesting stuff happening out there. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were up at the cemetery there, the pet cemetery, and we, we were just standing there, just taking some video, and all of a sudden it sounded like a uh, car coming down the road, and all three of us heard it. And 
disappeared. We didn't hear it. And then that's when we started hearing, like, voices in the background, like somebody was there. So we took a look around. Nothing was there. As we're walking around, you could see actual graves that had been dug up, you know, recently. Is within within the pet cemetery? Yes. Hmm. None of them take gauge, they, they? They dug up the, the, the pets that were at the pet cemetery? Well, some unless some of the holes are collapsed, you know, where they were. Right. But, I mean, we're talking some pretty deep holes, uh, maybe a foot and a half, two foot deep. Sometimes death is better. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that maybe you know some of those cults that are out there might be looking for those bones for some reason. Absolutely. I Although, mean, why dig up why dig up a, a dead animal when you can just sacrifice a, a fresh one, right? Yeah. There's some. There's the pound is there's actually got something to the grinding of the bones and the the drinking out of certain parts of the once you've actually buried it and allowed it to fester but i would be interested if you could go if i don't know if your guys are still there to like copy the names of the animals that were there or any kind of information you can get about those specific animals well we got it on video because obviously i videoed the holes and things like that and the headstones that were in front of the holes so we were able to get that on video um so we'll definitely have to let you know and uh like i said i as for the car i mean I locked the gate behind me. I mean, I have the keys to all the gates in the forest. And I locked the gate behind me, and there was no way around um, that gate. And to hear that, almost like the crunching sound of, like, tires, and then all of a sudden it just stopped, and you could hear, like, voices around you. And there was nobody there. We went and looked. There was not, and you, it's been rain, it rained a little bit out here. There's no fresh tire marks except for ours. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't know how long you guys are going to stay out there, but I'm not well, worried about you, John, because you're a big guy. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not too worried about what you might encounter out there. We're actually uh, we uh, we're on our way headed to the ledge right now in the ceremonial area. So uh, we'll definitely. I don't know how long you guys are staying on the radio tonight, but we'll uh, if we can, we'll get back to you and from the well, ceremonial. Area. We're going to be wrapping it up here in a few minutes, but definitely uh, let us know. You know, shoot me an email tomorrow in the next few days and let me know how things pan out, and, and we'll cover it on the show coming up. All right, great. All right, thanks again, John Brightman of the New England Paranormal Research. It's uh, anyparanormalresearch.com. Talk to you soon, John. Thanks, John. Take care. Bye. 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 Jeff's All pretty right. wily too. He can take care of himself. Not yeah. this Jeff. The Jeff that's that's with John. Oh, well, right. I, I met John personally recently for the first time, and uh, I was craning my neck up, and it's. Just now not <laughs> stiff anymore from having to do so. All right, why don't we get uh, spies on the phone, and uh, then we'll check in with Wayland City Ghosts and Dart before we wrap things up. So uh, probably about another 10 or 15 minutes for those of you who are waiting to go to bed. We promise, you know, we'll let you get to sleep soon. Matt Costa. My feet hurt. Who asked to wake up <laughs> early? Uh, I told, you know, I told them... Uh, that we were going to be doing this. And I was like, you know, the Red Sox are coming on, so we're probably going to have to stay on a little bit late. And he's like, well, figures that's the day i got to get up the earliest. i got the most stuff to do. So I knew that. Matt Costa, it could be worse. I could have to get up early tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. I might have to make my way back to Merrimack with uh, sleeping in a room with my two kids. Oh, that's nice. Want to stay at my place? I can't. I'm pretty sure. Uh, no one will talk. No one will know. I'm pretty sure when I get home tonight, my neighborhood potluck party will still be going on. So I'll be grabbing some beer and baked beans before I go to bed. But, uh, no, I mean, it definitely seems like this is what normally happens when we have these triangle investigation shows. The teams get out there. Stuff might be minor in, in occurrence. And then by the time we get ready to go off there, everything amps up. And then, you know, the people are never heard from again. And then so, there's the after party. Yeah. At Emma's. At Emma's. <laughs> 
We're all yep. going there. All right. Speaking of which, uh, we have spies on the phone. Uh, are we talking with Tiffany or Tracy, Matt? Uh, Tiffany. All yep. right. Both of us. We're, we have you guys on speakerphone. Does that work for you? Hey, sounds good to us. All right. Hi. Hello. Hey. So you, you had some stuff happening out there? Well, we went lights out, and it seemed like um, we heard some noises in the woods, obviously animals, but um, so we decided to take the EMS detector out there because we heard some strange noises, and we were getting strange spikes from base zero, and then we got as high as how high? 7.3. 7.3? And then they go back down to zero. That's pretty intense. Hmm. And again, no no power sources out there, just water and rocks and exactly trees and swamp. Hmm. Yeah. And and it can't be Matt Moniz because he just walked in with Angel yeah, Lake. He's, <laughs> he's here. Oh, so. we did um, see some something very spectacular, and it may not mean anything paranormal, but we saw the most cutest river otter right in front of us, swimming around and playing. So uh, a river otter. Those are good eating. If you uh, if you happen to. <laughs> they they might have that. a river otter pizza at Emma's, right? Yeah, no, it's delicious. It really, really as long as there's buffalo sauce on it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to use a garlic rub and really slow cook the river otters. Absolutely, go large, large <laughs> you can get. Yeah, All Tiff, right. your uh, your sense of uh, scale is just totally warped when it comes to pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big girl with a big appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I guess, I guess on that note, really, what, what more the, is there to say? We've hit the blue I, can't, I can't believe that you just WBSM. made Jeff Belanger, Chris Balzano, and Tim Weisberg all speechless. Uh, That's a feat in itself. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> all right. Well, and you found five dollars. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's that's all. Absolutely. Right. All right. Well, do what you got to do out there, and 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 break it when you have to break it, because you know they're not going to stay open for you forever. I think my EMF just spiked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> he just filled the cup. All right, we are five point two as we speak in now, but it's not the cell phone. Is it? Well, that's a, that's just our energy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay, everybody, everybody here, we're going to try an experiment. Think six point two. Go. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, but you just knocked it down to zero. Well, <laughs> which is still something. <laughs> huh. yeah. we, right. we have that effect on many things. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, it's not the first time we've all been called a, a zero. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight and for doing this for us. Let us know if you get anything, and we'll and, see you at the uh, after party. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Thanks. For a lot of pizza. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I hope river otters aren't endangered. <laughs> they are now. Well, yeah. That one is. <laughs> that one is not That's actually a delicacy world. in Florida, so. Really? Yeah, anyone get much, the, the get much otter. Steaks? Yeah, we, armadillos keep disappearing from my neighborhood all the time. Oh. And the guy next door just keeps complaining about them and then being like, have you seen them lately? All right, <laughs> 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 uh, let's check Try out the City Ghosts. we got to get through uh, two more groups here, and then we'll call it a night. And uh, then we'll come back next week. And if anybody has anything going on, you know, we'll we'll let you know. Because I'm sure most of these groups will post it on their websites, uh, which is probably the best way to go. Because who knows when we're going to get around to covering it, uh, as evidenced by Eric telling us that he has uh, in EVPs from the last time they went out there investigated for us, and we still haven't played them on the show. So that just shows you how up to date we are with things. Speaking of up to date, I, we are going to have the archives up to date uh, pretty soon, uh, coming out of the. The hazy period here of all the Celtics and everything else that I've been working on. So we'll get those up to date because uh, we did have a few emails this week asking us when that was going to happen. 
And uh, I might just start turning that over to you, Matt Costa, because yeah. I'm I'm slow on the draw with that. <laughs> All right, well, let's check in with Whaling City Ghosts. We have Luann. They were out there at Profile Rock, and uh, are you guys still out there? We are still out here. Wow, troopers. You can't chase us out of the woods. You know, it's a, the, the rock's not going to change. No matter how long you look at it, it's going to be the same same face. <laughs> from, from a certain angle, it looks a little bit like Matt Costa. And it says, says just about as much. <laughs> you you got to get just the right light. I don't know. I think the rock talks more than Matt does. Ouch. Oh, hey. uh, <laughs> I didn't even know it was him. Don't don't forget too. Talked. You know, still waters run deep. We're gonna go that's back to right. like we're gonna go back old school spooky South Coast. Don't forget that's the site of the paranormal poop. Oh right. Lord, I hope we don't find any of that in the dark because you know we're bringing it home with us on our shoes. Whoa. Let's hope not. Is that marshmallows? No, that was the first time I ever went out to Profile Rock. I was out there taking some photos for the website, and uh, I found what could not have, you know, I found some freshly laid feces Mm. in a spot, a little jutting out rock that could not have been a dog. There's no way a dog got to the top of that rock, (laughs) went out onto this little ledge and (laughs) laid something. So it was either Bigfoot or... uh, a hiker who had too much Dunkin' so, Donuts before. So that wasn't a dookie. It was a statement. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I still have pictures of it somewhere. So oh, that's nice. Maybe it'll make the book. You actually I could have used those pictures on the, on for the my website. book. Yeah, they probably still are on the website. So, <laughs> Did you guys go to the top of the rock? Did you stay down at the base? Um, well, it is a little dark, and um, unfortunately, I am still a little bit affected by the Lyme disease. I don't think my hips can do the right, <laughs> do that climb up the rock right now. Um, but it, it is pretty dark. I, I think it would actually be dangerous to try and climb this rock tonight. Yeah, so probably not a good we, idea. We are pretty stay much safe. staying around the base, you know. No, go for it. <laughs> go, go, well, are go. Are you trying to kill Will and City Ghosts so no. you can come here and investigate our ghosts? <laughs> Although that, that would be, <laughs> if you do die, hold tight, call us. You know, that's, not, not that I want to give anybody any ideas, but that's coming sooner that's or really later. We are going to have the paranormal the serial killer. Yeah, just. I yeah. wanted to kill them so I could yeah. find them afterwards. So you I'd pull out the look. EMF meter right after you ice them and yeah. just be like, eh, nothing. Oh, <laughs> nothing here at all. Damn it, I was wrong. <laughs> this, that theory is full of holes. Let me try again. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you very much, Luann. And uh, hey, those people might be asleep now. No, I'm just kidding. You yeah, they might be asleep. All right, well, we'll talk to you real soon. And uh, again, let us know if you if you get anything, and uh, we'll we'll speak. Okay, well, it looks like Renee might be getting touched out here tonight, so... Oh, we're, oh we're hey! To, yeah, we're it's a good night for you. See? A low down on that. See? Yep, you Renee, know, I told you you wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah, right on. <laughs> yep, something through a branch at her. It bounced off her leg, and uh, just shortly ago, she was um, having, like, something on her head, touching her hair above her glasses, so... Well, I know that, but I mean, both of you are very tight with the, the Native American spirits in that area, so yep. maybe they just want to let you know that they're there and they appreciate you coming to visit. I hope so. All that right. That would be a good thing. Either that or they're going to chase us out screaming. Either way. It all makes <laughs> for a good story. Yeah, it'll it'll make screaming. a good story, right? No, we won't be screaming. You, you won't see us run. All right. We'll, we'll stay out here and rap with them. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, smoke them big piece pipe and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. I'm not sure bye-bye. that was very PC. 
<laughs> probably not. Probably not. Uh, probably not at all. But hey, that know, wasn't quite perfect, 12, Algonquin. Thirty six in the morning. <laughs> all right, why don't we call Eric Lavoy here, and uh, we'll wrap things up by speaking to them. And you know, uh, one of the things about Profile Rock is the high level of quartz that's within it, and you know that could be a big conductor of the paranormal activity there. Never underestimate the power of the quartz. And. <laughs> I see your quartz is as big as mine. <laughs> but I was actually at Fort Phoenix the other day, and I've heard so many stories about things down there, and, and from a listener right here in the room who said that you know there's been activity down there. And uh, But I also noticed all the quartz running through there as well. And I never realized that it was actually Israel Faring who led the troops down there at Fort Phoenix. So that's kind of connecting back to the Faring Tavern, and it's all connected, and it's amazing how that works. So uh, let's let's join Dartmouth Anomalies research team's Eric Lavoy, who is out on Old Stagecoach Road with Mike Markowitz in Bridgewater. And how you doing, Eric? Hey, it's Mike Markowitz calling. How oh, are good, you? Mike. We Mike. were hoping we would get to talk to you. How are you, Mike? Because uh, <laughs> you know it's 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 twelve thirty-seven in the morning, so it's uh, it's past the special day. But we all want to say Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. This is going to sound God. great on the Shack Hack. Birthday, dear Markowitz. That's like the worst barbershop quartet <laughs> ever. Yeah, I can, I can see you guys must have a yeah, bottle of so fine alcohol there on the studio. Not yet, but yeah. we, we should probably we get one. Well, we uh, really <laughs> suck. That was really bad. So did you get any birthday wow. wishes over the EVPs, Mike? No, haven't haven't uh, haven't really heard much out here. I got to go back and listen to the files. Uh, I did get a nice present off my wife. She gave me a uh, windscreen from my nice uh, Sony digital recorder, so that's oh, really nice. Yeah, well, it really works well too. When you love a ghost hunter, you got to care enough to give the very best. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I know that you had brought this uh, location up to Eric, and and you had documented some things happening there in the past. Yeah, this is the um, the location where um, it's the old Stagecoach Road that runs through East Bridgewater, and there's only um, a little bit of a remnant of it that's left. And um, it's kind of kind of a spooky location where you, know, you kind of look at it from the street, and it goes down and into the uh, edge of the Hockamock Swamp. And um, I had been some investigating there a while ago, a couple of years ago, and I recorded one of the uh, choir voices on this particular location right on the bend. And um, so I figured this would be a good spot for, uh, you know, on this end of the triangle. Mike, how do you spell EVP? Yes. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> you asked me that every time I I know, you. it's our little <laughs> thing. I, just, that, yeah. I didn't want to miss the yeah. opportunity. Well, um, but Mike, for, it, Mike, for it, a second, can you can you explain what you mean by your choir voices? Because for those people who don't know, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a crazy one. It kind of sounds like a boy's choir uh, singing the word hallelujah. And um, it's all that it is. Um, it's very short, but when you listen to it, it's um, you can definitely hear it, and it does sound like a boy's choir. But where where I recorded it was right on the bend of where an accident supposedly occurred with one of the stagecoaches that came around the corner too fast, and it tipped over, and they had to shoot a horse, and there was injuries uh, to the passengers. I'm not sure if someone got killed or not. But I was down investigating the area, and um, I, I ended up capturing that recording, and it just blew me away because it um, was a group of people that were singing, which is very, very different than um, almost all the other recordings that I've ever captured. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we actually have the clip to play right here. Awesome. Yeah, let's play it. Ready? Yeah. 
That's that's how oh, little gift man. to you, Mike. Thank you very much. The that. the other one sounded much more angelic than that did, though. <laughs> Are you kidding? That was like the voice of angels. That's for uh, those of you who didn't hear guys post puberty. Did we get the um you and I doing the uh, mamas and the papas? Was that actually on <laughs> air? No, or was that free? That. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's no, no, that wasn't. All right. But you've gotten that a few different places, right, Mike? I've only gotten uh, choir singing twice. Okay. Uh, out of the thousands of recordings that I have, um, they're all they're all singular, all like single people. I never I've never recorded anything um, in choir like fashion before. Like usually, if there's, if there's a couple people talking, um, sometimes these things can be layered, and you'll actually hear a voice, and you'll hear some singing on top of it, or some whispering of somebody else, but not in a fashion of choir like singing. And, and coincidentally enough, um, singing in both all those recordings that I have both sound like angelic sounding or um, like the it's in a worship form. You know, what I mean, like they're like church singing or something yeah. of that nature. And they're not singing rock and roll. They're not singing, um, you know, um, some kind of uh, you know some of the recording or something like that. It's 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 in a form of praise or what sounds like praise. So it adds another layer of um, a VVP recording uh, what they can sound like. All right, well, and uh, hopefully you do catch some stuff, even if you're not hearing anything live. Hopefully you do find something when you review uh, what you're out there with tonight. Let us know if you do. Absolutely. And uh, tell Eric that we said good night and thank you as well. Awesome. Thanks for the, uh, the awesome singing there in the studio. <laughs> Wait, at your, at, for a birthday present, we promise to never do it again. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best present we can give. Awesome. I'm out here in the woods. Um, have you heard from Matt Moniz about the uh, UFO sightings? Uh, I haven't seen him. I think we No, he's right here. Matt, uh, Mike wants to know if you heard anything more about the UFO sightings? No. Okay. I mean, I know you saw he saw the light in Fall River, and uh, between that and the airport light, we're pretty sure that that's what ended up happening. Yeah. Well, it'll debunking then. That's good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's what, uh, that's what makes the normal people believe us when we say otherwise. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mike. We'll talk soon. Oh, you got it, buddy. All right, happy birthday. Yep. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, so that about does it for tonight's show. I mean, it's uh, it's quarter one in the morning here. I think we've uh, subjected people to our tomfoolery for quite enough. Now it's time to set us loose on the streets of Fairhaven. <laughs> so uh, we'll be back next week. I want to thank Jeff for thank coming you. here all the way from his house. Chris for coming here all the way from Florida. Thank you very much for paying my ticket. <laughs> Whoa, awkward. What? <laughs> Just got awkward. Somebody check the bank account. And uh, thank you to all of all the teams who went out there in the field for us and risked life and limb and Lyme disease for helping us out. And uh, we'll be back next week with another show. And uh, we've got plenty of great stuff coming up in the coming weeks. So stay tuned to SpookySouthCoast.com for all the information. Until then, for Matt Moniz from Matt Costa, I'm Tim Weisberg. We want you all to stay spooktacular. Rest assured, listener, that my time here has not been easy, and what you have just heard was not fiction. Although, in many a desperate moment, I most certainly wish it had been. It's over for now, it seems, or at least until yesterday begins We don't know where to go with that. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. I know the supernatural is something that isn't supposed to happen.